0: Out there, it's time for another episode of star wars all in the show that goes into the places people things and concepts of that galaxy far far away i am one of your hosts for the evening my name is mac and i'm joined as always by my co-host ross mac it's great to be here but the nice thing about it is i am not your only
1: co-host tonight yeah we have a guest and it's been a few weeks since we've had a guest so it's nice to mm-hmm. have one here tonight uh hey matthew how you doing tonight?
2: I'm actually doing really good.
1: Thank awesome. you for having me. <laughs> we are very happy to have you because not only are you an expert on a lot of Star Wars topics, uh, you also have a little bit of a different approach from some of your model making that you do. You know, Mac and I are not, you Mac more than me for sure, but neither of us are huge his model fault. builders like you are. <laughs> Like I, uh, I,
0: I I liked models a little bit, but it's his fault that I do gunpla and other more advanced modeling.
2: I I really did drag him into it, <laughs> so, and uh, and keep on him to uh, do it again.
1: So. Yeah, I mean I get it. One of the first things we ever had a chance to talk about was some of the different models you made around Star Wars. But what I'd like to ask you here tonight, uh, at, first off, thank you again for being here. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. how did you find Star Wars? How did you get into it? What was
2: that moment where you were really hooked? So the uh, So, I've kind of always had Star Wars in my life to some extent. Mm -hmm. So, my older brother, who's actually a good amount of years older than me, um, actually got to see, like, some of them in the theaters and stuff. Okay. Mm. So, and my parents, like, we had it recorded off of, like, local television broadcasts of it. So, I used to see that. We had recorded them so we could actually watch them, like, repeatedly. Um, And it's actually funny because, like, I had seen... like Star Wars itself, the the original episode four, and I had seen Empire Strikes Back repeatedly, but for whatever reason, I had a long trend for a while of every time the Return of the Jedi would come on TV when I was a little kid. And it's not because I didn't like the movie, but for some reason, like, I, like, any, like when they got to Endor towards the fight, like, I'd always fall asleep. <laughs> so I can actually remember the first what? time I ever stayed up through it. I actually literally, like i took a nap and this is like little like (laughs) maybe six seven year old matthew yeah and like i literally took a nap in the daytime so that i'd like be awake enough and like i sat on this one uncomfortable wood chair we had (laughs) in my living room no way to fall asleep (laughs) so i could not fall asleep and i actually made it all the way through return of the jedi
1: i've said it before i'll say it again return of the jedi has weird pacing
2: I just,
0: I just find it funny. It's like the opposite story. you like, ah, I saw episode four. I saw episode five. But I never got through episode six. I'm like, all I had was episode six.
1: <laughs> it seems to be a weird thing for people who come on this show. They have a weird story surrounding Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so Return of the Jedi. Uh, so you saw the original three then, right? You
2: had them and you had to yeah. force yourself to stay awake through
1: ROTJ. <laughs> what about uh, when the prequels came out? Were you into Star Wars at that time?
2: Oh, yeah. So I had... um been really into star wars and actually had some toys around because my brother had like the old Kenner line um and then through the 90s when like the the thx remasters Mm -hmm. and stuff came out we got those because my mother's always been into it too my dad that's cool isn't really that big into it but like he enjoys them when we watch them and like so my brother's sister and i like we all grew up with star wars as well so that's (laughs) awesome um so we are all full-tailed into it so then like when the Uh, toys through the 90s started coming out like we started getting those and then come like high school when um the phantom menace was coming out like i was really excited for it um because star wars has always been something through my life that like it's not always been at the forefront but i've never like Ever completely backed away from fandom of it. Like, it's Mm. always been one of the more prominent things in my fandoms. (laughs) I like
1: it. I like it. That's great. Uh, Okay, what about a favorite film? Do you have a favorite Star Wars film now here in 2020?
2: So, my favorite is probably really up in the air, actually, between um, Revenge of the Sis and Return of the Jedi. Both of those films, like, even rewatch them, and I don't like. I both really enjoy, like, the courses those films go through and kind of the adventure mm. pieces. Is it
1: because they conclude a story, or is it because you've gotten to know
2: the characters so much at that point? Or is it just the specific stories they're telling? I think it's it's kind of a combination of all of that. Like, that the fact sense. that it's kind of bringing each of those arcs to an end. Yeah, makes um, sense. And the fact that at that point... Um, you've gotten past most of the origin story stuff for all of yeah. the characters. Um, and it's something where unfortunately think like the latest film kind of struggles with because they try to introduce a lot of stuff last minute. But like with both Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith, like we know these characters, we've established their background, so they really get to just flourish in a way. Have a story at that point. Yeah, like you just like adventure. from ground one, yeah. like minute zero... You're off the ground running with these fully-fledged characters. Yeah,
3: Yeah, yeah like, if nice. you see
1: Return of the Jedi, like, who is Han Solo? He's just this guy that comes out of a wall. Like, if you've never seen the it's, other ones, like, they I don't spend time to explain it. I was perfectly fine understanding
2: that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, right. but
2: as somebody who had seen, un- uh, un- unlike Max's unfortunate <laughs> case right. of only having Return <laughs> of the Jedi, if you're somebody who's seen A New Hope and seen Empire Bunch, like, those character beats right off the bat, like... Like it's just great to see like it's great to see that Leia and him obviously actually do have their feelings at that yeah. point. It's great to see Luke stroll in as a confident Jedi. Yeah. Um in the similar thing with like Revenge of the Sis, like well we talked about um just having that um great moment right from the start of Revenge of the Sis of just like here's Obi Wan and Anakin, here's their high adventure moment. Like, would just go to town. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it's get it. It's pretty cool. Man. Um, I get it? And then yeah. the emotional weight that comes with both of the endings of yeah. those. They get so yeah. dark towards the end and so heavy. Yeah. Um, they do. Yeah.
1: I uh, Wow. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, they have that finality to them, that weight that, like, after each of those films came out, there was such a long wait for the next one
3: mm-hmm. that
1: you are left to stew in it a little bit more, I think which I think strengthens finales in that way. Uh, I'm hoping the same thing happens for The Rise of Skywalker for me over time. We're like a couple yeah. weeks away from getting it on home video. So in oh, fact, yeah. by the time this episode comes out, we will have it on That's home video. Wild. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Think about that, guys. I didn't uh, even realize. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you'll have it streaming. You won't have it physically yet. Because well, hey, uh, we do are
0: that. be close enough. <laughs> yeah.
3: uh,
1: okay. And then I have one final question for you, if you don't mind.
2: Yeah. Your favorite lightsaber, please, sir uh it's uh, this is a hard one too it is a hard one um there's, well there's so many great lightsabers but yeah um kind of in a way that's also kind of like my my film choice um it's a pretty strong competition between obi-wan's like final lightsaber Okay, so the episode 3 and
1: 4 Saber? Yeah, so the
2: episode 3 and 4 Saber that's got that kind of rounded hilt. And then in similar vein to it, Luke's lightsaber in Return of the Jedi, which has a similar style. um, Although I probably prefer the green blade more than the blue. Yep. Although if like what a boss. If I had to choose <laughs> a uh, a personal lightsaber color, it would be orange personally. Oh, but... <laughs> okay. Why orange if you don't mind me asking? Um it's actually one of my favorite colors, okay. although I never wear it.
1: But... Would an orange lightsaber be like a bright orange or like a darker rusty
2: orange? i would go like full bright orange okay i am into it well the I'm nice thing it.
0: is now with fallen order that is canon <laughs> yeah. if you can get an orange lightsaber uh, crystal they exist yes you can
2: although um, i i unfortunately did not pre-order so i cannot <laughs>
3: i
0: think you if i think not, they added it in now
1: yeah I think you, you should you be able to, to get, get it. it i think now you, anyone can get it yeah i'm pretty sure
2: Okay, I have to check again. Uh, if not, very sad. soon.
0: They, they, it's not going to be exclusive forever. So you'll get your orange lightsaber crystal and be happy. I need to go back to it. Okay, so before we jump in, because I want to have
1: Mac tell us about our topics for today. But before <laughs> we do that, just want to point out, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers <laughs> for everything. Everything Fallen Order, uh, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. Anything we could possibly talk about in the Star Wars universe. Comics and novels and legends. and uh, 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 We're
0: going to talk about all of it. So, you yeah. know. As you know, always, just keep that in mind. Yeah, you know the spiel. If we're saying it, that means we're like really spoiling things, probably. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. And the reason for that is because the topics that Matthew brought with him is we're going to be talking about General Grievous, and we're we'll probably going spend a good, long time on that. I think we'll probably get close to an hour based on the inexhaustible amount of knowledge Matthew has about General Grievous.
2: I, I know a bit.
0: <laughs> um, then we'll take a little bit of a shorter rest. We'll, we'll hang out maybe 15-20 minutes talking about Droidicas, the destroyer droids. And then we're going to wrap it up with about a half an hour discussion about the scene, the Battle of Coruscant, which opens mm. up episode 3. I can't wait. It's going to be great. We have a guest. We got some good topics. It's going to be a lot of fun. Probably we can't, a long one. Yeah, I was going to say it will be probably a long one, but enjoy because we're going to get started right after you listen to this. General Grievous. Now, Matthew, this is one of your favorite characters, so why don't you set the stage for
2: us? Uh, So General Grievous is, to anybody familiar enough with prequel trilogy stuff, is the Grand General of the Separatist Army, um, the Droid General. The big
1: bad. The big bad in charge. At least as far as the galaxy as a whole is aware.
2: Yeah, he is, like, Dooku kind of takes, like, a... He's stepped back from that. Like he's the leader of the separatist, like from a political standpoint, right? Yeah, yeah. But Grievous is the one that's actually in charge of the entire army of the separatist yeah, forces. He's the
1: one supposedly making the battle plans and knowing uh, where troops should be and uh, basically orchestrating the big picture, right? Yeah. But really, the... we know it's Dooku. We know Grievous is just a pawn.
2: Well, so Grievous is actually the one formulating most of the battle plans as far as, like, the droid army is concerned. Okay, okay. Like, he takes his orders from Dooku as far as what to attack, what to do. But, Mm -hmm. like, he's the one, like, the attacks on Kamino, the the infiltration and attacks on right. Coruscant, like those are actually his plans that get them there. Yeah. So yeah. like,
1: so
0: Dude, as kind of like the, from my perspective, like we saw with like the um, parliament and stuff of the separatists, like Dooku is sort of like the, the president. He's the, he's the person right. politically running the show. And then Grievous is like the commander of the entire army. Right.
1: Right. Right. So. Dooku's saying, hey, attack Kamino, but Grievous is the one who's like, well, if we send these subs down, and we send them <laughs> into the water, and then we get them, and uh, yeah, okay, they'll never see it coming.
2: Yeah, if we if we get our ships over top of it so it looks like they're being destroyed, but it's actually a cover for dropping these sh- like attack ship pieces <laughs> into the ocean, which is Pretty so smart. brilliant. It, like. is. <laughs> it,
1: it, it is, and the reason I bring it up so specifically and the reason I want to say it is just simply Grievous in film alone, you might consider him a little bit more ineffective. Yeah. But when you take into account everything we have, even leaving Legends out of it, even just with mm-hmm. the Clone Wars and everything, he is a very effective general. And while he may not always win, he also doesn't lose that often either. Yeah,
2: he's he's very much the live to fight the other day, mm-hmm, the... Mm-hmm. Um, the gtfo the moment things can go (laughs) south like but i mean like when he loses the upper hand like he gets out of there but like he he keeps coming back because of it
1: i mean hey that's what a warrior does right they they can lose the battle but win the war right
2: yeah because he's he's very briefly captured at one point where they do a hostage exchange for him to get him back yeah. uh okay yeah. so let's talk about his origins do you want to walk us through that Matt so his so his origins changed a bit since like legends mm-hmm. into the official canon mm-hmm. we should point that um, out
1: there is a lot of grievous stuff in legends that we no longer have uh certain things like his race and his species that's all stayed yeah. the same right
2: so so what stayed the same is he's still a warlord from kalish yes. Um, or Kali, I think it's pronounced. K A L E. So Kali is the
1: planet, right? And they're like, the Kalish are the species yeah. on Kali, right? right? Yeah, okay. I believe so. Yeah, yeah.
2: and then um, in in K- Legends, there's a whole like story about like him fighting this war against the Huck and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but essentially, in canon, as far as I know, they did keep the part that he was a warlord from there. Um, and they kept that he fought the Huck. And essentially, one of the reasons he hates the Republic at the start and the Jedi is because when he was kicking the Huck finally back, which had been like invaders of his planet and all this stuff, they went to the Republic for aid because they were the bigger of the planets, actually. Like, they were the more official. Okay. So the Republic and the Jedi actually came to help... The enemies of the Caliche. Oh,
1: that's interesting, and that's um, that's more the that's the legend side of it, or is that the canon?
2: That is so. There's some of that kind of like mixed. In, yeah, so yeah. it's kind of mixed. So that's like the basic details, as far as I can tell, are still in there. Okay, but the, the legends gets into this whole like he had a lover. And yeah, he had multiple there's a lot more. And, the
1: big picture is similar. It's the details that are yeah. th- that are different. Yeah. He, I mean, ultimately, right? He he kept wanting to improve. He kept wanting to be a better warrior. That's the yeah. ult- That was his ultimate goal, right? Is yeah, he wanted his... to be the most savage warrior so, in existence.
2: So it's kind of up in the air, as far as I can tell. Essentially, he and this is something that Oso kind of links so to the, the background behind them. But basically, at some point, he suffered a shuttle crash. Okay, that left most of his body destroyed. Okay. So they ended up like converting him, making him into the cyborg, and then from there, um, he decided to like accept further improvements mm-hmm. to keep going,
1: um, to, keep, to trying keep trying to pro- become better. Yeah, yeah, to keep
2: becoming the better warrior and to face off against things like the Jedi. Because somewhere between the way, like between the point of the beginning of the Clone Wars, and bef- between like the battles on Kali and stuff his shift of hatred like moved from the Republic, which he's kind of indifferent to, to like he wanted to exterminate the Jedi.
1: Mm. Yes, he wanted... Um, I mean, he's a Jedi hunter, right? Like, he wants to basically... And he takes pride. He keeps their lightsabers as prizes. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. they're
2: his trophies. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you can also tell there's a weird kind of pride that he takes to his improvements. And, like, he very much, like, he refers to them as proven. So he's a... There's an uh, episode, the layer Grievous and the doctor at one point um, asking about like why he submitted to the surgery. Yeah. And he's like, improvements, doctor. He's like, I submit to no one. <laughs> um, but yeah. you...
1: This is a good time to say, if you haven't watched The Clone Wars, characters like Grievous and Dooku are bolstered a whole heck of a lot in that show. It makes them such, um, well, it gives them a lot more depth.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it it fleshed out Grievous a lot because again, it's one of those like it's something where I feel similar to, like the people who like Boba Fett in the original trilogy <laughs> before there was any yeah. expanded content of like Grievous looked amazing and I read the one book that yeah. took place before episodes Labyrinth of Evil.
1: Yes. Oh, he's so good at lab. Yes. Um, yes.
2: But like I'm, I feel like I'm sitting there and like, yeah, he's kind of cool when you see him on screen, but like mm-hmm. he's he's not. Well, he,
0: he's he's a little bit weak. It's, it's like Phasma is, I think, a recent example of this. Yeah. Like, I love Phasma to death, but Phasma on screen is not much to write home about. I
1: wonder, now I didn't clock this, but I would almost be willing to bet Grievous is on screen more minutes of Revenge of the Sith. Than Boba Fett is in episodes five and six, or Phasma is in episodes seven and eight. It's probably yeah. true. I, I guarantee he has more dialogue and more like yes. character moments. He 100%. definitely,
2: he definitely has more dialogue. He definitely has more weight yeah um to his presence he's more important the story ultimately he's a main character in episode
1: three like the first two-thirds of the movie is about finding and killing him
2: yeah he he is the one that represents again because he is the the general of the droid army is like he is the one that his defeat is the one that actually represents like the end of the war Mm -hmm. um
1: is there a is yoda ultimately in charge of the Republic Army? I mean, I know Palpatine is, but he's not on the battlefield. Is there a Grievous equivalent on the Republic side?
3: Not
0: really, because the Could- Jedi Council kind of functions more like an um, joint chiefs. Yeah. Like, yeah. the Council is the high generals yeah. of the army. Very
2: interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, but he... Um, yeah, the Clone Wars definitely fills him out a lot more. Mm-hmm. It definitely shows repeatedly... One thing, it definitely shows his rivalry was kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi, because they fight... A lot throughout that They're series. They're very much
1: nemesis, And the reason this has to happen is because there's that line in Revenge of the Sith that Anakin has not met Grievous before in person, <laughs> right? He's only heard... They've only well, heard about each other.
2: Yeah, they actually have a few Starfighter battles pretty much in clone wars but like that's the extent of their meeting
1: yeah it's like they're on opposite ships well anakin has to go to the engine room so obi-wan only faces you know it's like it's that kind of coincidence or there's even a part where they're
2: trying to capture him and like ahsoka fights him yeah um
0: well because they just have this point of there's a joke a throwaway joke of you know oh general grievous i i'm surprised you're shorter than i thought so to make that joke work they have to have literally never yeah. met face to face yeah for all the seasons of the clone wars this can never happen it's part of the fun
2: <laughs> yeah but yeah he um getting back to like so there's yeah. this weird this sense of pride to him that's interesting because with as willing as he is to kind of like fight dirty and everything like he still he has a great amount of pride in himself and the one thing that's great with like the or the uh layer grievous is there's actually a hall of statues yes. of him yes. that kind of show a more gradual progression to being a cyborg mm-hmm. but those from the way that canon actually spells things out like his progression into his current form might not have been as intermediary stages as that mm. like that may be a little bit of him rewriting his own history Interesting.
1: okay mm. so what we ultimately need is like if i'm hearing you right a grievous
2: trilogy of novels that
1: tells us all of this, right? We need all of this detail, <laughs> oh spelled I, out, yeah.
2: I, I, that or, a or f- like a full fledged comic or I just, well, a comic
1: would be a good place, for, yeah. You one know of the limited run ones yeah, they did for like four Lando issues, and Princess yeah. Leia, that kind now, of thing. Grievous does show up in some of the comics, but it's very just like I don't think yeah. there's anything major in it, you know, in some of the newer think, comics.
2: See, I haven't read it yet, but I think there's a comic where he actually kills the Night Mother. Because he mm. actually leads, um, he actually massacres like the yes, witches does. on Dothamir. Yeah, and an episode another... literally titled "Massacre." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the Night Mother gets away in that, and I think there's a series called Darth Maul Son of Dothamir. There is, yeah. And I think that might be where because I know Grievous does eventually kill her. Which oh. is a
0: great example of what we were talking about before, yeah. where Dooku makes the decision that the Night Sisters are a threat that need to be removed, and Grievous goes and does it.
1: Yeah. Well.
2: It, yeah. There,
0: I, so the episode. So let's talk about him massacring the
1: Night Sisters first, because that's sure. a big part of his story. But isn't there an episode of Rebels that has the spirit of Mother Towson in it? Uh, so I'm yeah. talking about right. I
2: haven't seen all of. Okay. Um, all of. Rebels, yeah. Okay. Actually, I barely seen any of Rebels. Okay. Well, okay. To your point, established
0: in yeah. other canon, the Night Sisters don't die enough. Um, they definitely kind of continue on in a weird, spirity, forcey, ghosty thing. Oh, sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. So that's not. Oh yeah, wh- no. One totally, doesn't it preclude the other. I it's guess? all
1: up in the air. <laughs> like all yeah. everything in Grievous' story, except for what we see in the film and the Clone Wars, could right. essentially be tweaked or twisted yeah. or changed or reframed from a certain point of view over the next years but it's looking more and more likely like we're not going to get a ton of prequel stories so who knows
2: yeah i mean it it's definitely seemed like that was more of a priority when george was still in charge yeah. but um at
1: the same time though we've gotten two padme or one padme book another one coming out we've gotten some comics so master I'm and k- apprentice keeping master and apprentice so i'm keeping my fingers crossed last year 2019 was easily the best year for prequel fans and now with the clone wars I, coming back
2: yeah I'm
0: hoping i think the thing about it is hoping, I, I just
2: and i'm hoping much more grievous cuz yes, he was supposed to be involved in like the crystal caper Yes, yes yes, and yes, stuff, yes 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 so
1: i uh and they're not making those right cuz they're making the i don't think they're doing the that i don't think they're really? doing the that.
0: crystal crisis i thought they were
1: maybe they are maybe i don't maybe know they are. It, I, I think, guess we'll find out in a yeah, few weeks. I guess we will. Clone Wars ends in May, so we're not yeah. far off. It
2: would be odd if he didn't at least make some kind of return through the f- that final season. I would,
0: I, I would. I mean, agree. Matt Wood's just sitting mixing all the sound and doing the battle droid voices anyway.
2: Just yeah, he can break that <laughs> voice out anytime he wants. Which,
0: so. which, okay, actually, just to set a few ground rules because I realize we haven't really just stated what Grievous is. So yeah, I'm saying Matt Wood. <laughs> Matt Wood is a sound engineer. He is one of the heads of Skywalker Sound. He provides the voice of not only the battle droids but of General Grievous and general grievous is what eight foot
2: tall he is he is probably somewhere in the area of like seven to eight feet
1: he's pretty beastly i do have it written down right here because
2: he he walks with a hunch and Mm -hmm. even then he's usually taller than most people in the room yeah he's he's
1: just meters according to uh the uh, visual dictionary yeah, so that's one, six, that's so. that's a
0: little over seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, and the thing about it is he's this giant robotic person. Now the thing about it, we say person, is because he is a cyborg, but more so than I think any other character in Star Wars, he is more machine than man. He's basically yeah. got a brain case, eyes, and a pack of goop inside himself. Which yeah, is his so he has
2: organs. he has um his like lungs and some of his internal organs are in this like. Sinskin sack mm. in the chest. <laughs> yep. And then he's got some of his spine and like throat left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that comes up in his brain and like his eyes and a little bit of the skin around his eyes is left because you <laughs> actually see like especially in the movie they zoom in on it and like they have that great you can see where the skin around his yeah, eyes it goes
1: between his eyes and then kenobi's eyes yeah like, there's yeah. that great back and forth thing.
2: and he's got these very reptilian eyes too which he is does. cool
0: yeah the, those very yellow kind of pieces kind of yeah And then he walks around on these giant, heavy, four-toed, clawed Mm -hmm. legs that have reverse joints. Then he's got his arms, which can become more arms.
2: Yeah, he's got his, like, each of his arms comes out, and it ends in, like, six fingers, it looks like. Mm -hmm. But then the arms literally split the entire lengths down the middle, and he's got, like, two thumbs. Like he's got four mm-hmm. fingers and like a thumb on each side of his hand, so
0: that each hand can have three digits to hold yeah. on the lightsabers. Yeah, like and they stuff. split
2: down the center and yeah. become four arms, and he can actually fight with four lightsabers at a time, which is just bonkers when you first <laughs> saw. Him.
3: And then to, <laughs> to and that's his defining character trait. And he just, fights with four lightsabers.
1: Yeah, like that's the thing. And and the other that, thing too yeah, is yeah. him.
2: He is the only non-force sensitive person that like effectively wields a lightsaber against Jedi.
0: Yep. You could argue Finn. You could argue Finn. You is could a also detective. watch, you could also watch, uh, uh, you know, rise of Skywalker and say that Finn is force sensitive. Oh, yeah, that's good. Never mind. Imply, you're a <laughs> hundred. Nope. I take it back. I, in fact,
1: yep. Well, don't cancel it. Cause I want people to know. It's basically, it's not it, it, right.
0: Basically, it's basically Han didn't kill himself when he used it on a Tauntaun, <laughs> and then everybody else stinks unless they have the Force.
3: Yeah,
2: you're yeah. On I him. mean, like, like Finn
1: is Force sensitive. Yes, like yeah, like you've got you're like, good. like the
2: brief aside of like the the one Mandalorian fights Obi Wan was like the dark saber, but even then, like it's oh, yeah. not it's not really a challenge. Like yeah, Obi Wan pretty handily defeats him.
1: Yeah, every time a Mando gets the better of a jedi it's through other equipment it's they escape it's yeah. not that they beat them like how often have, and, have we seen a mandalorian well we know the mandalorians
0: jedi? were an ancient enemy of the jedi they've had many wars over the centuries and usually the mandalorians solve the problem with big explosives yeah, yeah. Uh, that's they hand-to-hand is not something I want to do with a jedi
2: yeah as <laughs> yeah. good as they are all right well let's get but back yeah here. but grievous <laughs> can good. actually like grievous can get in there and like he he has a habit of fighting dirty, which is also interesting because like he's yes. not he's not against like if this, the the tides start to turn in a fight, like he'll have the droids support him. He'll have you know he'll have them come in and start attacking. He'll resort to other weapons. He'll, as we stated before, like if things really turns out, like he will just oh. get out of there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of the best moments is in Episode Three when they're on the the bridge of the Invisible Hand. they's yeah. just like he's just like. Well, Kenobi, you lose. And they're, they're surrounding him. It's like, what are you talking about? And he uses the electric staff to break the glass, the transparent <laughs> yes. steel, and just go through the window as they all get s- almost blown out into space as he yeah. just, like, he gets goes sucked, on the skin of it and disappears. Jumps,
1: he grapples on. He's yeah, just, like, he uses he's the prepared. ascension
2: cable yeah. to, like, pull himself. And then his feet have, like, magna locks. Yeah. <laughs> there so he like gets on there and then the other great thing is just to show like his kind of unfair play is like he immediately goes from that to like he gets back into the ship gets into the escape pod and then in launching his escape pod he also triggers it to launch all the other escape yeah. pods. he, he <laughs> like
1: chuckles to himself when he does it oh too. yeah
0: no I just, he's I love he's it. pleased with himself yeah i love it yeah i mean the thing that's fun about grievous is grievous is unabashedly kind of playing that Saturday morning cartoon villain oh, yeah. like yeah. he's enjoy he's he's a warlord who enjoys war so yeah. he relishes all of this stuff the thing I like about him so much in the context of the films
1: is it didn't feel like he was missing from episode 2 like yeah. when you backtrack because like You know, Mm. there there is something to say, like, wow, it'd be cool if we learn more about Dooku between, like, the tiny bits of time we get with him. And now, admittedly, over the years, we've gotten that. Like, Dooku and Grievous were the two characters who people felt like, oh, we need more. And when I was younger, when the film was new, I always gravitated towards Dooku. That's why I wanted to know more about. Sure. But as time has progressed and we got more and more Grievous in The Clone Wars, he became a much more interesting character to me. And it's nice that we have such a large sample of him on film, even if it's only from one movie. And it doesn't feel like oh he shouldn't have been at the Battle of Geonosis because why would he be there was no army to command you know yeah they, like, surprise they attack even... yeah so I uh, I like that a lot about him you know he, and it he was, makes a lot of sense it in was the
2: sometime as far as I know in the canon sometime I think it's after that that he has like his accident and basically they restore him and then like they they present him to Dooku okay. essentially to like be the droid general. Okay. okay. Um, and then Dooku trains him in lightsaber combat.
1: Yes. Yeah, so let's talk um, about his lightsaber combat because there is a line in the film, right? I've been trained in the in the art of lightsaber fighting by Count du- Trained Ducu. in your
3: Jedi arts trained by, in your by Count Dooku. Yes. Uh,
1: so we see him use four lightsabers at a time, two green, two blue. He has a Kalish cloak that he still wears that has mm-hmm. yes. lightsaber pockets on the inside, that kind of cool gray cloak lined with lined with red and as he kind of extends to his full height uh
2: it kind of you know he shakes it off and
1: yeah he uh he is a beast he separates his arms and yeah he like (laughs) he like
2: stands up tall like towering over Mm obi-wan he reaches in the cloak and pulls the lightsabers out into like the different sets of fingers (laughs) And yeah. then he like yeah. shakes off the cloak and then splits his arms in four. Yes. And it's the first time you actually see him do lightsabers, and he uh, separates them out and like ignites all four of them. So he's standing there forearmed with all these lightsabers, and then one of the most intimidating-looking yeah. things... He just starts spinning the forward set of sabers like helicopter blades, essentially, (laughs) while holding the other two back and just marching towards Obi Wan. And it's something he actually uses throughout the Clone Wars too, which is just it would be incredibly intimidating to have this large figure coming at you with just like just ready to slice and dice you. (laughs) Free rotation,
0: free rotations on your wrist is nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes. All right. Well, let's talk about his lightsabers. So there is a canonical mm-hmm. uh, reference book published by Pablo Hidalgo in 2018 uh, called Lightsabers. <laughs> I see you're holding it. Lightsabers, him. yes. <laughs> so I knew I had this. I knew this Grievous bit was in here. So I've been excited to use this book. So the info on Grievous is, is pretty slim in here, but there is some info on the four lightsabers he uses. So according to, um, well, current canon... Uh, He uses the lightsabers of Eeth Koth. So let's start there. Now, we know Eeth doesn't die by Grievous because he dies in a a comic due to an Inquisitor. Okay. Uh, He escapes the Order. He has a family. And then an Inquisitor comes, kills him, and takes his child. Uh, So according to the book here, Koth lost his lightsaber to General Grievous when the Separatist warlord captured him in the Seleucami system.
2: Yeah, so that actually is... There's a set of episodes where... I'm trying to say it's like grievous conspiracy or something okay, okay where grievous actually captures him and koth is able to get out to like hand signals to the other jedi where they're going ah yes okay. um so it's actually i think it's Aayla sakura obi-wan and anakin and ahsoka all basically try to set a trap for him and lure him onto like their ship
3: Okay.
2: Um, so they can get him stuck there and like Obi Wan's gonna distract him while they go save the Jedi Master. Um, but then of course it goes south and Grievous is able to escape. Yeah. Um and he actually gets down onto the planet. They end up destroying yes. his ship. He gets down onto the planet, which leads into the episode The Deserter, which is actually a really good episode for multiple reasons. But he ends up escaping that situation too. Yeah. He's a pro um, at escaping. There's oh, no yeah. Doubt
1: about, there's no doubt about it. With Again, another he's extension got... cable trick.
2: Because <laughs> basically, the droids are trying to land a shuttle to pick him up, and they can't get close enough, and he just like jumps up and uses his essential cable to grapple the ship and, like, <laughs> flies off while mocking Obi-Wan. Again,
0: learning, he learned the lessons of, like, Cobra Commander and Megatron and Team Rocket of when the going gets bad, get out.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and just if you can't picture Eeth Koth in your head, he's a Jedi Master. He's kind of, like, light brown skin. He's got kind of, like, four rounded horns on his head. Yeah, he's a uh, brack
0: or Iridorian, uh, depending on which who you ask. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Interesting. We've also got Pablo Jill. Now, uh, this was a Jedi until I opened this up. The name I wouldn't have recognized. But uh, you do see him in episode two. He's in the Battle of uh, of Geonosis. He is one of the first Jedi you see ignite his lightsaber. He's got a very odd face. This is one of uh, the blue lightsabers. So it's kind of like a giant singular eye that this Jedi has, Pablo mm-hmm. Jill. Oh, and uh, he's got like two things that come down around like where his mouth would be. Oh, so it's I like know a which one cone head about. almost. But you see him. He's like one of the very first. They cut to him yeah. in the Battle of Geonosis when he lights up his lightsaber. Yeah. It's like he's one of the ones you see there right after Mace ignites. Uh, so Grievous got this lightsaber from floating debris after Grievous, Grievous injured him during an intense duel in a collapsing satellite city over Duro. I don't oh. think we've ever seen that one.
2: I don't. Yeah, I don't think that one. But
1: you would probably because the Eeth Koth one I didn't remember until <laughs> until you <laughs> mentioned it. But I've only seen the Clone Wars twice. As I've said before, I've made it a goal this year to watch the Clone Wars three more times this year. So we'll yeah,
2: see. <laughs> I'm yeah try. I um I don't recall that fight. Yeah. Like I know of that fight, okay, like, from the canon, but I don't. Yeah. Rec- I don't think that's ever actually shown. Yeah, I
1: think it might just be like reference material yeah. where you learn that. Okay. Uh then we have this is one I've never said out loud. Roron Karab.
3: Uh
1: Roron okay. Karab, let's see. When General Grievous stormed the Republic capital, he cut through layers of security forces and Jedi protectors including Karab. He was killed by Grievous while defending Chancellor Palpatine. So we don't see that on film ever. We we never see that attack uh on Palpatine itself, because when we pick up an episode three, Palpatine's already been captured.
2: Well, so, technically, we we do see it in the Tartakovsky series, but that's no longer canon. Yes, yes.
1: So. I'm really glad you mentioned it, because I have only watched the Tartakovsky stuff one time. Like, in my really? entire life. With you. On Mayflower, oh, yeah, one really? year for Mayflower. That was the first year. time okay. That was the, uh, well. I had seen little bits. I'm sorry. I've only sat down and watched it from beginning to end one time. To clarify, okay. Uh, so we'll have to go back and see if we see him in there. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I'd it, have what? to see what he looks like specific. Uh, so he is.
1: What are they? Athorians.
2: Oh, actually, yes, we do see him. Yeah. Um, is that
1: is Athorian? Yeah. Athorian. Yeah. Yeah. The or, hammerhead.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, It doesn't say in this book. It gives you all the details if you want to know his hilt length or his hilt width. Uh, It tells me that, but it doesn't tell me his species. (laughs) Now, the fourth one is Shakti. And the reason I shaved Shakti for last is because, uh, well, let me read the description here in the book first. As the last line of defense for Chancellor Palpatine during the final battle of the Clone Wars, Grievous ensnared Shakti with electrified cables, which knocked her unconscious and allowed Grievous to steal her lightsaber. Now the the reason I bring this one up specifically is because Shock T kind of infamously dies twice in Return of the Jedi, or sorry, Revenge of the Sith, both in deleted
2: scenes. Yes, and then Ozo dies in uh, The Force Unleashed, yes. which is also no longer canon.
1: <laughs> so according to Wikipedia, because I did I did want to look this up because the mystery of Shock T's death apparently in the Galactic Atlas, which is a book published a couple years last year recently yeah uh she it dies by anakin at the temple like that is like okay, the that current is the official lucasfilm like here's where she dies but that's one of those things you know hopefully we'll see it one day so if you've never seen and now that it's on disney plus it's really easy to access because we just did it uh, if you go to mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith and you go to the bonus features, both of the times she dies are on there. But basically, yeah. currently, the way Grievous gets her lightsaber is while she's defending Palpatine, he renders her unconscious through electrified cables and steals her lightsaber. Yeah, there's also a deleted scene where he kills her on the bridge of the Invisible Hand. Yep, and then there's also a deleted scene where Anakin kills her in the temple. Right yeah. as he so, says this check those out. They're really cool deleted scenes if you've never seen them. Uh, so in. Yeah.
2: And to note, though, so that that's talking about... Those are the specific lightsabers he uses in right. Revenge of the Sith. Right.
1: According to this, his most prized lightsabers, the ones yeah. he's most proud of, essentially. But we see him even in the Clone Wars, right? Take yeah. some other sabers, so like in the Grievous the... Lair episode you mentioned.
2: Yeah, so in uh, Lair Grievous, he's already got several lightsabers. Um, some of them are ones like he captured, some he took from dead ones, some he's killed himself... Um, the first time we really see him kill an actual Jedi is, is the episode "The Lair Grievous," which follows after um, the whole Malevolence trilogy that pretty much starts off the show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is has some dark moments. Yes. But essentially, um, mm-hmm. in that episode, Dooku's disappointed with him because he lost the Malevolence. <laughs> he wants to test uh, Grievous's metal.
3: Yeah, not mm. literally.
2: Not literally the metal. <laughs> M- M-E-T-T-L-E. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he sets a trap. He basically lures the Jedi there. Yes. And he lures Kit Fisto and his Padawan. Yes. Um his Padawan, whose name I unfortunately can't remember.
1: Oh man. He's um he's the same species as Akbar, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a uh, mon calamari. Yeah, he's
2: a um but they they show up. they figure out that they're in the layer of Grievous as Grievous returns. Grievous comes back and finds that all his IG100 Magna guards have been put on standby <laughs> um, by Duku ahead of it. Um, and he ends up like unleashing this pet he's got, Gore, which is just a fantastically weird monster. <laughs> um, and it's actually sad because like the Jedi defeat him and like grievous is actually sad about it like he's like he's he's, like he's he's sad that his pet gets killed yeah um and they end up like basically luring grievous out to actually fight them which does not turn out to the clones or fisto and his padawan's advantage Mm -hmm. because basically he separates kit fisto from um his padawan he grievous murders the clones that are there with them um they end up like trapping him to cut off his legs and stuff and he ends up escaping from that yeah, even they at really one point. by
1: the end of that episode he's like handstanding his way out of there right yeah they like... end
2: up like they they grab him with cables and they cut off his legs but he ends up escaping yeah. and using his arms to crawl along the ceiling yeah and he gets back to the doctor he replaces his legs um, But at one point he gets Fisto isolated from the Padawan, and Fisto is watching on the screen as Grievous starts fighting the
0: Nadar Veb. That's
2: Na- yeah, I Nadar. It
0: up. N- 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 Nadar Veb. Okay. Um, But yeah,
2: he's fighting Nadar, and basically they they lock sabers, and it's one of the great like dirty moments of Grievous's fighting, where they're like his two sabers are clashing with Nadar's two sabers. And he separates his one arm down behind his back mm-hmm. and pulls out a blaster and just shoots Nadar in the gut. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he takes his saber and he looks at the cameras and mocks Kit Fisto, like because he knows he's watching. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Kit that's... Fisto, another great lightsaber.
2: Oh Indeed.
3: yeah.
0: But yeah, it just shows that that Grievous is a not just a dirty player, but he's just. He's here to win and he uses all his advantages when he has them. He is not. That's what makes him sinister and awful is the fact that he is. He's only here to survive and win. Yeah.
2: And he's also like so the the there's so there's a lot of great episodes in between there. Then they have the uh, the whole like R2 getting ca- captured and Grievous plays a big role in that. Mm hmm. Um, and they eventually get R2 back and he actually faces off against Ahsoka and that and like he he handily defeats her and puts her on the run um and it's actually a pretty terrifying scene him like stalking her and
1: if i it is <sighs> terrifying cuz they're like in this dark room and he's going but if i remember correctly it's early that's earlier right like ahsoka's still in her younger yeah like outfit there if yeah. that makes sense that's in uh, the earlier... first like year of the campaigns yeah yeah
2: yeah. Uh, and then... The only
1: reason I ask is I find Ahsoka's power level a very interesting thing to follow throughout the show. It's one of the things I think is the most interesting about the Clone Wars because she's apprenticed to hypothetically the most powerful Jedi of all time. Yeah. So it's interesting to see her grow because like later in the show, she is just. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> like whirlwind. Well, um, so I just anyway, sorry. Continue, please.
2: So so they have like that, then they go on to have the that whole like thing with Koss where he kidnaps him and leads into like the deserter episode. Um and then one of the big follow ups then from that, one of the biggest moments is that massacre episode. Yeah. Where essentially at that point Asage um with Assaj Ventress and Savage oppress. Yep, like they attempt to assassinate Duku with yeah. Savage being under the guise of oh, his new apprentice.
1: That's such a good one because she has like that. Doesn't she have a code phrase or something that she says to him that something she like says that. to Savage and gets him to turn? Like because yeah. they're using like mind magic here to do it. Yeah. Oh man.
2: But yeah, they they get them to turn, and Duku ends up surviving it. And Ventress goes back to Dothamir for like assistance, yes. and Dooku knows that they helped, like the Night Sisters helped her out. So he orders Grievous to go in and slaughter them, <laughs> yeah, and he does. Um, and he yes. he unleashes the droid army on them. Like he is like they are taking them out. There's super battle droids and destroyers <laughs> and um, B ones and like just that. He actually unleashes. Something that was from an episode earlier in the Clone Wars, which were the deflorinators, which are these. Oh yes, they fire off like an incinerator weapon that doesn't harm droids, but it destroys everything organic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Um,
1: it's like when you burn the fuzzies off of like a sock or a towel with a lighter.
2: Yeah, yeah like just, you know, like you know what I
1: mean. Yeah, it just yeah. blows through. <laughs> yeah, um,
2: it's and like, even then, uh, the Night Mother goes and gets the assistance of their like undead army, yeah, which is something interesting because you see those eventually in um Fallen Order, you do when yes. you go to Dossamir, do, yes. But um, those help start turning the tide, and Ventress actually fights Grievous, like challenges him to a duel. And he starts fighting her, and at one point, she slices one of his hands off, which is something you see Obi-Wan do pretty masterfully in Episode 3. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and the moment that happens, Grievous orders the battle droids to start firing on Ventress, and like they start hitting her. Like they, One of them hits her in the shoulder and stuff, so she has to retreat. Yeah. Um, and
1: uh basically all the Night Sisters die except for Ventress and yeah. Mother Towzin, right? Like, yeah, at that die.
2: point they they turn the tide, especially um there's a part where Talzin starts using magic to attack Dooku. Yeah, mm-hmm. So Dooku orders him to follow like the green field of her That's magic.
1: That's right. They've got like a voodoo doll. Yeah, yeah, and he
2: uh he storms right into the cave and like, Talzin, like misses like miss away out of the room. Yes. Um, but the old like old Doc I think her name is, is like the old night sister lady that's the one that's Eldest controlling of them all, yeah. Yeah, she's controlling the undead army. Grievous just walks in and like grabs her by the throat, picks her up and just skewers her with a lightsaber.
1: Yeah. He's vicious, man. I my favorite thing about the Clone Wars is we get to see characters like Grievous be who they are. It's like why did they earn the reputation they have? And yeah. that's the point of the Clone Wars to show us how they got to who we know them
0: as on film, and I think that's really rad. Yeah. By the way, just to sum up, it happens a little bit later, but apparently in one of the comic books, it does establish that Grievous is the one who kills Talzin.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a comment like a so panel. So it's the son of Dathomir, you said it was, right? I think it might be that. But there's, I the, think it, like, I I've it, seen yeah. the comic panel multiple times where basically he's, like, stabbing her with two of his lightsabers.
1: Okay. So he kills her, so when we see her in Rebels, she's very much a spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there might even be a Holocron involved. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's. I have not read that comic. I do own it, though. (laughs) So I have told Mac many times, but this is the first time we've talked about it. 2020 is the year of me completing the canon comics. (laughs) uh, Both reading and hopefully buying, if they ever release Star Wars issue (laughs) 4. I have, like, the first three years. Like, everything they printed from 15 to 18, I already own. So it shouldn't be hard for me to get started. And then but, you'll get, there are, like,
2: there's some Grievous one-shots and stuff throughout there. Yes, yes. The Age uh, of the
1: Republic villains, right? There's the Grievous yeah, issue. There's... I haven't read that either. I've read some of those, though. If you haven't read the Gwygon one, it's one of my favorite comic books of all time, I think.
2: Oh, I, hmm. I have though. Oh, one. my gosh. I love it. But, um, but yeah, from there, oh, there's actually, a, there's an episode before the, the massacre, too, where he ends up, like, they're planning an attack on Naboo. And they're basically riling the Gungans up, like, the one Gungans using, like, mind manipulation. Oh, yeah! yeah, On, that like, older... the current yeah. boss. Yes. Um, and Grievous is supposed to be coming, so Jar Jar ends up, like, pretending to be the boss because he looks less like him. And, like, trying to hold negotiations with Grievous. And it's actually interesting because the Gungan, like, guard are, like, their militia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are able to take him down because essentially he fig like he figures out that Jar Jar's an imposter. <laughs> How could he figure that out? Um uh, so Jar Jar runs away and they run out in Tarpal, who yeah. we've seen from like episode one, um, who makes gun look cool. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> he uh he's standing out there and you see like they've deactivated all the droids. And essentially, like, the Gungans start attacking Grievous, and he's fending them off, and Tarpaul ends up coming in and, like, actually holding his own for a moment against Mm -hmm. Grievous. Right. Um, But Grievous actually grabs his staff and impales him. And it's a moment where, like, they've got their shock staffs and stuff, and Grievous is staring at him, and he's like, tell me, how does it feel to die? And Tarpaul's like, not die, sacrifice and he runs grievous through almost impales his gut sack mm-hmm. um and then they start throwing those like disabling like droid disabling um bombs at him yeah. and like yeah, they knock him them. down and then the other to actually run in and like impale the joints on his arms and legs
1: yeah and they like basically spear him to the ground right yeah. like Which it's like they're cool. nailing tent stakes into the ground. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah they just, like, yeah. D- yeah. like they down. stab
2: them in and then they actually use them to move him <sighs> Um, it's a great and, episode. And in order to act quickly because they need him, Dooku actually captures Anakin and then yeah. he forces Padme and Jar Jar to do a prisoner exchange yeah. to get Grievous back.
1: Like over the span of like two and a half episodes. Like it, they were so close.
2: <laughs> yeah, they really did get... Like they had him. Like that's yeah. that's the only time I think they actually capture Grievous. Yeah. Like where they're in every, control. Like I they actually like have him... And then they end up like releasing him because because they've got Anakin. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's the only time. Like I said, they actually manage to like he doesn't slip through their fingers. Yeah, Um, and it's interesting that of all the like people in Star Wars that do it, it's the Gungans. (laughs) Um, Very
1: capable. Very
3: they are, like, they're great I don't, at
2: fighting droids. I don't think people give the Gungans true. enough credit.
1: <laughs> I would agree. I mean, they're a very interesting thing that we've had added in. A very interesting species we've had added in. And, uh, and this is a highlight Clone of Wars. them. They're this, great. Is, yeah. this
0: one of the great battles they win.
1: Mm-hmm. There's some really great episodes that take place on the VU that involve the Gungans. Yeah. The Blue Shadow Virus episodes. It's got some uh, the Blue Shadow
2: Virus. virus. Yeah, virus. <laughs> There's some cool Oh, ones. I love it. All right. do we miss any
1: Grievous stuff? Anything else so, we want to so talk about? So the main thing to play in battlefront
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the main thing then would be i mean we didn't really we've kind of talked about it some but basically how he ultimately meets his fate yeah,
1: all right let's yeah. go through it go for it
2: so so through episode three um in my favorite chunk of star wars uh, which we will also be talking about through the opening sequence we have like he's he's already invaded um Coruscant. Coruscant, which actually he had earlier in Clone Wars, actually successfully bombed Coruscant. That's true. Um, which yeah. helped extend the war. Um,
1: I don't remember. I don't know that. I don't know that bit.
2: That's so, kind of... so there's a bit where Padme actually reaches out to the Confederacy, really, um, and gets them to offer an olive branch of peace. Yeah, And the Senate's <laughs> actually likely to, because they're trying to get them to deregulate the banks oh, to fund the Oh, I
1: do remember with the sweeper robots, the cleaning yeah. robots. I do remember yeah. So now, Grievous has yes. these
2: sweeper droids infiltrate the city and blow up. Those are I added
1: those sweeper droids to our topic list for a future episode, because okay. I really <laughs> like those things. Those are red. I remember now. I remember but, that. Um, Is that the one with Bonteri, too, or that's later? Or no, that's Bonteri. Yeah. Is that the Bonteri arc, too? Okay.
2: Um, uh, the, She comes back later. But yeah, that's the first time you see. Her. Okay, cool. But then, so he he leads this storm on Coruscant. He's able to get past their protective fleets, get down to the surface, and kidnap Palpatine. And then he's holding him with Stuku on the Invisible Hand. And you know the the Grand Generals Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker storm his capital ship, the Invisible Hand um which is the ship he took as his capital ship after the malevolence was destroyed. Yeah. Oh, that's um,
1: interesting. Okay.
2: And then That makes sense. I didn't know. He that. uh and he's had he he uses some other ships, but the invisible hands his main. Like that's his main ship. So yeah. they end up storming that. They end up confronting him after they rescue Palpatine from Dooku and Anakin ends up killing Dooku. They end up confronting Grievous, which is where you get the great, like, they've captured them. And they end up breaking free, getting their lightsabers. And then, like we talked about, like, they have where they've got him cornered and he blows the window out <laughs> to GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> just just scram. He does. He does. Um, and then he goes back to, he ends up leaving there. He goes to Utapau. Where Sidious gives him the orders to send the separatist leaders to Malister? Mustafar. Or Mustafar. Yes. Yeah, Mustafar. Yes. No, Malastare's another end planet. Yes, <laughs> yes <laughs> <yeah>. it is. <laughs> and then uh, that's where he has his final confrontation with Obi Wan.
1: Yeah, Obi Wan takes the 212th, right? The 212th, and yes. uh, attacks base. I mean, that, there's no better yeah, way. Yeah, Obi
2: Wan it. infiltrates it ahead of them. And in true Obi Wan, like just being a crazy man style, like yeah. just jumps down in this middle of this large room filled with droids.
1: Hey, you gotta be a distraction.
2: Hello um, he ends up taking out like the four Magna guards that Grievous has there by dropping this <laughs> giant piece on them. Um, and then taking out the last one that didn't get completely crushed. Yeah.
1: He just like chops its head off. Right. And this is where
0: this is where Grievous opens up and he's starting to use the four lightsabers. And then Obi-Wan does figure a way to basically cut off two of his hands and then grievous like oh well well then farewell because well it's not
2: it's not quite that because he cuts both his arms off and then all the clone are like the two twelfths shows up yeah and starts attacking and that's when we get that like eye shot of like well you must like army or not you must realize you're doomed and obi-wan force pushes him away and he loses his lightsabers at that point Mm-hmm. but he like scuttles on six legs <laughs> yeah. over to his awesome wheel bike thing.
0: gaining four new arms because the wheel bike has arms yes <laughs>
2: uh, and then obi-wan has chase and they have a great like chase through this tunnel way yeah obi-wan's mm-hmm. on the varactyl as he's trying to get to like his personal starfighter grievous yeah. is trying to get there um and, like, eventually Obi-Wan ends up jumping on there with him. He tries to shoot Obi-Wan, pulls a blaster out, and he's got a shock staff as well. Um, they tumble out onto the platform. As the wheelbuck just sails off into the ravine. <laughs> as we have, like, the first look we see in the movie of, like, Grievous's Starfighter, which is, I think, is amazing because it almost looks like 50 car design kind of sensibility. It reminds me of the Rocketeer. Yeah. And like yes. The
0: same design you see. It's in that. a very yeah. art deco heavy metal. And I mean, then like die cast metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boat car.
1: And we get to see Obi-Wan pilot it later. We yes. do. Because like, he knows it's there and no one else really does. That's how he escapes. But anyway, um, please continue.
2: But yeah, so they end up tumbling out. And at that point, um, Obi-Wan's able to grab the shock staff. He knocks the blaster out of Grievous's hand because Grievous grabs the blaster, which sends it over near the ledge. And he kind of, while he's still Obi-Wan still has the shock staff, he ends up knocking Grievous down. And Grievous ends up, like, full leg extension, kicking Obi-Wan. Yeah. Which causes him to lose the shock staff. And then Obi-Wan essentially, like, starts trying to fight him hand to hand. Which is one of the <laughs> moments where, like, that cyborg body clearly has an advantage. Yeah. Because there's, like, a sequence where, like, he knocks obi-wan over and he tries to step on him and obi-wan rolls and then obi-wan spins to like try to do like a sweep the leg kind of kick <laughs> but... and he ends up kicking grievous's leg and then yelling in pain so he, you like, can feel that you can well, feel his how
0: shin that connects right with that metal yeah. yeah
2: and like grievous is in phase and he like throws him against his starfighter and you actually see like Obi-Wan's able to duck a punch, but Grievous's fist actually leaves a dent in the side yeah. of the Starfighter. Right. Um, and Obi-Wan grabs his chest and, like, pulls open the plates, which kind of expose that gut sack.
1: Yeah, you see that, like, beating heart there, too, yes. right?
0: There's that scene where he's like, mm, yeah. Yeah, you get full RoboCop where you just yeah. see, like, the meaty parts inside.
1: Yeah. Yeah. not expecting that in 2005, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Like, when I first
2: saw that, I was like, uh, this is a movie intense. with
0: a, This is a movie with an emulation scene. <laughs> it, T- technically, no
2: too. Yet, first Star Wars to be PG-13. That's right. Um, first ever, and we'll never go back, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so he throws, like, Obi-Wan off onto the cliff, and that's when Obi-Wan grabs the blaster. Because that's really his only, like, he doesn't have it's his lightsaber. Weapon. He's dropped yeah. it during the chase. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the shock staff in reach. Grievous is just... Grievous is physically too powerful to fight like hand-to-hand. And
1: we should put out, the reason they're all there is to kill Grievous. Yeah, Like, that is, they're trying that's to the end goal. the war. Like, yes. They're not a trying kill to or capture him. Capture. They're literally like, yeah. trying to, like...
0: Because once it. they get control of Grievous, then that's all of the leadership they need to crush the army now that Dooku's dead. And so then the last will be just the political fallout of getting them... Forcing a, you know, a... Um,
2: surrender surrender
0: and you
1: do yeah. feel like i mean besides the whole sidious is planning all of this like <laughs> you feel that that's a viable plan right like yuku yeah. has gone grievous is gone what do they have tactical droids we can take those yeah. Well, yeah so
2: it uh and it all wraps up and essentially obi-wan grabs a blaster ends up firing it straight into like the exposed gut sack which actually sends flame up through grievous's like faceplate. Which I don't think we've mentioned. So we mentioned his Kalish cloak. The other thing he has, which is his very skull-like faceplate, which is actually yeah. based off of a Kalish warlord mask as well. Mm. Yeah, like it's like a Einstein tribal mask. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he basically just burns out what's left of Grievous's like few organs.
0: <laughs> so technically, two emulation scenes, and you <laughs> see,
1: like, you see the fire coming out of Grievous's eyes. Yeah. I was just trying to pull it up. There is a great Target exclusive figure from like 2005-2006 of Grievous like exploding. Oh jeez. <laughs> Did you guys ever see that? I no. was trying to pull I've up I've never seen that one. I forgot about it until this exact moment, but I own it. Um <laughs> And here, I'm going to I'm going to pass the do. picture around cuz I just pulled up an eBay picture. But it was a- Target exclusive from the Saga
2: collection. Oh I wow. Believe, yeah, where... he's like reeled back with the flames coming out of his chest. Yeah. His
1: <laughs> yeah, Mac check this out. Uh only 9.99 <laughs> $9 on eBay if anybody
2: wants one. Would have cleared up his cough though? Um, so that's one thing I actually don't think we should talk about was one of his So um it, it's funny cuz like nobody really knew the cough was coming till we actually saw the film. Because it was the the Clone Wars Gendi Tarvokovsky animated one, where his initial appearance in that, which is also horrifying, because he kills like six Jedi.
3: Yeah. Um, also, that,
2: fights... that figure
0: is gross.
1: Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah, man. That 2005 was a weird time
1: for Star Wars action figures.
2: <laughs> but um, he during that like his chest gets damaged during the assault on Coruscant. And that by... causes
1: that wheezing, right? Like So that that it.
2: was like that series' explanation, because in his first appearance, he didn't have it in the yeah. Clone Wars. Um, so they were trying
0: to kind of... When they brought the second half of the micro-series back, which were these bigger episodes that lead right into episode three, they're like, well, we can explain that cough and why it was in our first half, but not in the movie.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's got this cough that he has repeatedly... Um, And in the micro series, they try to explain it like he ends up like Mace Windu at one point reaches out and like crushes the gut sack Oh, yes. Okay. okay. um, Which supposedly causes the cough. Now, the actual canon explanation, as far as I've been able to find out and everything, is actually much more simplistic than that. It's just that his like what's left of his lungs are constantly being irritated by, like, the machinery and his mm. implants and improvements. Mm. So, like, the, that irritation is what causes him to Machine have, like, a and man
1: cough. man not blending together, not taking to That's, each other. But, right?
2: I mean, for all yeah. the other physical advantages he has, I would gladly take it. A <laughs> 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 little wheeze here and there to be... Yeah. Um, as far as I more recently heard, the actual reason for the cough... Like, not story-wise, like, non-fiction-wise. Like why wise. George
1: chose to give him a cough?
2: Um, well, actually, from what I know, is the most recent thing I heard was that George Lucas actually had a cough while they were filming. And, like, Matt Wood and them, whoever, decided to make, like, to integrate that into
1: Grievous. <laughs> Which is fun. That's fun. Wow, I had never heard that one. Okay.
2: Um <laughs> also, I think we mentioned, too, Matt Wood, who voices the battle droids, also ended up being the voice of Grievous, which yeah. originally was going to be a placeholder. um, But then George Lucas and them decided that they liked the voice so much that they actually chose it over, like, the other auditioned voices and stuff.
0: You can just see that it's just always, George Lucas is just going like, oh, no, this, this voice is fine. I, I like what you did there. Matt, I, I don't understand the cough. Reminds me of, I was pretty sick during the shooting. Guy reminds me of me. Yeah, that's weird. well the
2: the matt wood bit too is great because actually there's there's one thing that's cool with clone wars with him is like all these other characters have these voice actors doing their voices and stuff like Mm -hmm. and most of them are trying to do close interpretations of like what the actors in the movie and stuff sounded with but with matt wood still being like the sound director on the sound team for it like he is the voice of grievous in the show as well as the movie yeah that's
0: true Yeah. yeah yeah
1: Very cool. That's one of the there aren't a lot of there isn't a lot of crossover there between the film and the Clone Wars, right? Yeah. Like no. there, there are a lot not many actors who are in both. Yeah. Uh Wow. Okay. Have you guys seen the black series Grievous? I have to ask. This is no, six I inch. have not. It is a beast. So it's a deluxe figure, so it's twenty nine ninety nine, I think, is the MSRP. You can still, I think, get it at list relatively easily, but it comes with four lightsabers, it comes with the cloak. He's a big boy. Well, he, he doesn't stand.
3: He's, he's not scan stand
1: well. I cannot get him to stand. But it is a very cool figure. If you're into grievous out there, check out I, the black series. Will check out that target to, figure.
2: I will have to check that out. Yes, it's it's <laughs> um, really, I really do rad. have Bandai made a 112 scale model kit of him.
1: Yeah, you're a big model maker.
2: Um, yeah, so I'm excited to build. So far from their Star Wars series, I've built a bunch of little starships. That I've then painted and stuff, but I've gotten more recently a bunch of the, like, figures and, like, the bigger scale kits. Um, awesome. And so far, of those, the only character ones i built was the Stormtrooper recently, which is amazing. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to build that Grievous, but I was also trying to look into, like, what paints to use to do, like, the guts and stuff. <laughs> and like, <laughs> Make it look nice and <laughs> gross and reptilian. I, like I like it. <laughs> uh because I'm, I'm going to take my time with that model. And, like, it, what's cool is, like, his metal has this nice kind of bone tone to it and hue. Um, so I really yeah. want to work on those details.
0: So so let me just ask you to sort of wind down our conversation here. Now, I don't think i was speaking on a turn, Matthew. Is Grievous your favorite Star Wars character?
2: He is not my favorite. My favorite Star Wars character um, is his main rival obi-wan kenobi actually fair choice
1: fair
0: Fair. choice fair Fair. well um it's been awesome talking about grievous i've really enjoyed this do you have any final thoughts or anything else you want to say about him before we head out um
2: i mean not really to add just the fact like i'm i'm excited we have clone wars so that more people can actually like see the awesome yeah potential that was there in the film Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um again, it's not quite as bad as like Phasma or Boba Fett, but like no, no, <laughs> no <laughs> <it's
1: not>. he's <laughs> been way more bolster than them.
2: Um Ooh. but but the Clone Wars definitely helps, and with the final season of the Clone Wars, I'm really hoping like get some grand grievous stuff in there.
0: Just yeah, just nice last tip of the cap, because I mean he's one of the most important Clone Wars era characters, and it would be nice to have him have a nice little send off. So Uh, I think that's going to send it off for us because I think we have another thing to talk about that's related to this. We're going to talk about one of the droids he commanded right after
3: this. Have you ever encountered a Jedi Knight before, sir? Well, no, but I don't. Seal off the bridge! Yes, sir! won't be enough, sir. I want Roedicus up here at once! We will not survive this. Close the blast doors!
2: That will hold them.
3: They are
1: still coming through. This is impossible!
3: Those droid the cars. Master, destroy generator! <laughs> Let's go!
2: There's no much for droid cars. Sir! They've gone up the ventilation shaft!
1: All right, boys. So now we're going to roll into Droidicas and (laughs) talk about one of the first uh, new droids we see in the prequel series. Or as Obi-Wan calls them at first, Destroyers. Before we even heard they're called droidicas, Obi-Wan names them Destroyers. So if you don't remember in Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, when Obi-Wan and Gwygon are going to negotiate with the Trade Federation about their Mm -hmm. blockade of Naboo uh, after their attempted assassination in the conference room. They yeah. attempt to take the bridge, and destroyers come, has come, and they ruin their plan. Now, these are one of the most unique droids in Star Wars. One, I gotta say, they're probably the most deadly. Like, they're up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Like, every time they appear in the Clone Wars, the Jedi either, like, run, surrender, or, like, oops, we're in trouble. Like, they make a big point oh. about, like, we need a plan to take these yeah. out because they're so powerful.
2: Yeah. Anytime they show up, it's like a like, oh, crap moment. (laughs) So let's
1: talk about why. Let's talk about why they're so powerful. Number one, they have shields. That's got to be the number
0: one thing. Right. Well, it's one. Yeah. And I think Jedi specifically don't like them, as we see in episode one, because, oh, great. You deflect bastard bolts back. They don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The whole point
1: of an energy shield like that is it stops things that are moving fast. Right. So the only way to get them is to go up really close and like reach your hand in and then ignite your lightsaber. Or like munitions of some kind, some kind of explosive that you can yeah. roll in as we Which see later.
0: You don't want to get there because on both of their armatures are two twin Gat- based, not Gatling, but like heavy blaster. They're basically it's like, a walking turret. They're
2: so, like essentially turbo. Like they're, yeah. yeah, they're like walking turbo lasers. <laughs> like yeah. Just-
1: They've got a cool design. They've got three legs, but then they crunch up into like an armadillo ball and go rolling down all the hallways. Yes. Yes. Yeah
2: so it it's cool because basically that's where one of their weaknesses lie, which is an interesting thing because basically it it keeps them from somatically being too invulnerable. Yeah, because basically they can only deploy their shield when they're upright in like their leg mm-hmm. mode, but they're much slower in that mode, yeah. so they don't travel in it.
1: And it does take them a second too once they stand up to activate their shields. Like yeah, there is like a two or three second window. Where you could hypothetically take them out if you were quick enough.
2: Yeah, and it's um I was actually remembering so you actually do hear droidica before destroyer. Where at where at? So basically, like when Qui-Gon's trying to like melt his way through the door. Yeah. And basically you just see them like deflecting bastard bolts or taking out the B ones and stuff, like no problem. Yeah. And they're ohms. I think point, are they B ones? They're Ohms what? at this point. Ohms, okay. Uh, so they're like taking out them and stuff, and then like they're trying to make their way through the door while like Obi Wan's taking out the last few right. droids. And you actually, I think it might be before one that. of the Modians calls for droidicas.
0: Oh, yeah. Is that Get right?
1: the, where are those droidicas? Well, those that's droidekas? what it is. That, yes. Thank you. Obi Wan yeah. does call them destroyers, but it's after that. You're right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's um oh their names are going to escape me now. But the the commanders of the Trade Federation, yeah. They, uh, yeah, where are those Droidicas? He says it with that kind of thick accent, yeah. Because
2: then they roll up, they deploy, and Obi-Wan's, like, master destroyers. That's exactly what it is, And basically, they they unleash, like, fire on them, and, like, the Jedi are deflecting them, like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are deflecting the bolts, but basically they can't do anything, so they just flee. Yeah, (laughs) they do. Um, And that's when you see
1: a Force run for the first time. Yeah, and Force then you uh,
2: Dash. you see the Nemonians inside the room that are like, huh, see, even Jedi can't stand up to droid." To or
1: whatever. Like... <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. Thank you uh, for the correction on that because I totally yeah. forgot. Uh, okay, so we see them a little bit more in Episode One. Anakin destroys some with an N1 starfighter. Yeah, yeah it's another
2: <laughs> situation where like they. They roll up, they deploy, and like it's an oh crap moment. And then, yeah, Anakin ends up using ship. Blast. <laughs> yeah. something that can defeat those
0: shields. <laughs> yeah, those shields you can see are like, oh, those are for personal weapons. Yeah, which makes <laughs> sense. I mean, they don't need to be. It's not like it's worth putting the money in to give them ship-based shields. Not to mention, most ships aren't at a place where they would be able to easily target them relative right. to their size. But right. if you're in a hangar bay just being rotated, <laughs> a nine-year-old can just blast you out of the sky. <laughs> And run you over, I think.
1: Too. Oh yeah, I think he, one of them. Yeah, that's he right. runs into one of them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh god, I love that N one. Anyway, um, so we see them a lot in the Clone Wars, which is one of the places I. Th- I mean, they're great in Episode One. I love them. Well, and we see them in the other films. Yeah, because I
0: mean, for the longest time, they there were three battle droids that made up the main yeah In before we forces. started getting all
1: the variants
0: right we had the b1s we had the b2 super battle droids and we had the droidicas the rest yeah. of the droids were all like siege weapons they were vehicles essentially yeah. like vulture droids and hail fire droids and stuff like that yeah
2: tri droids like oh yeah the tri attack the tri. yeah,
0: the the tri- yeah the, and and so like we but had the always, other ship yeah the the cone veins. Nose yeah type of thing yeah okay gotcha they're the ones that shoot like the buzz droids
1: that's one of my other things this year. Is I'm gonna learn ship names. I'm gonna try. I'm no Mac, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna try. Yeah, I was gonna say. You did, if,
2: listening to your podcast previously? Yeah, there's definitely room for. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't I, know. But that's okay. max okay. Mac's knowledge of Starfighters might match my knowledge of other fictional mecha vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, so. it's
0: good. I don't I'm know. Really you, you have a deep knowledge of of, of mecha of anime. Mecha. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the thing about it is like, that is what we see as like, again, like they're more like weapons platforms, mostly of the droids. So these are the three that in video games, comic books and early novels, this is kind of what we saw as the main factions. Now, Clone Wars, the TV show for many reasons had to invent a lot more to kind of blend out those forces we got commando droids and we got tactical droids and so on but
2: aqua droids yeah yeah oh the aqua droids
0: but i think it's interesting that the droid definitely seem like the least deployed i think primarily because i could to guess they cost the most
2: probably <laughs>
0: yeah I mean, between personal shields, the heavy-duty blaster cannons that they have on each arm, the fact they have to have this whole special repulsor attack so that they can run as a wheel like they do. Um, they're expensive. They're very expensive. I would buy into that.
2: They're uh, expensive, but when you only need to put, like, two or three of them out with a force. Like. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh,
1: we do see a great moment in the Clone Wars, Ahsoka teaching... Saw and Sila Guerrera to defeat them on Onderon, where she's yeah. teaching them how to like throw the thermal detonators, as I assume they are, uh, through the shield kind of slowly. Yeah, uh, I think that's that episode, right? It, yeah, Where she's yeah, training
0: them. Yeah, they're showing them like how to throw. I think they're EPM crackers. I think they're the EPM weapons. Oh, the,
2: gotcha. Like yeah. The droid gotcha. poppers. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, that's right. And, and again, right. back
0: to this idea of like the shields are meant for high velocity stuff. So if you throw a grenade just slow enough, it'll sort of just plink through. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that was always. It was an interesting thing. Mac will share this experience, but like the game Republic Commando. Yeah. You, you faced <laughs> off against them. And it was this weird thing of like having fought them in video games previously as Jedi and it's like, oh, they got this field and you gotta find a way to like destroy them and everything. And like with the commandos, it was almost interesting because you could actually get in their face and like use the ni- like the knuckle blades mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to that's... like get past the shield and take them out. Yeah, because but... the
0: thing about it is you you look at them and they have uh... these giant weapons armatures coming off the sides, but they're pointed straight forward. So a person can kind of fit between them and they can't they try to back up from you to try and get in range, and they can't. So you just keep, you know, fighting them. Though, of course, Republic Commando gave me a completely new fear for uh, super battle droids. Yeah, SBDs those... are, are way worse for infantry than droidicus. <laughs>
2: but it was an interesting thing seeing something that, like, oh, like clones and stuff might actually be more equipped tactically to fight these things than the Jedi are. In a, mm-hmm. in a very specific way, absolutely, yeah. But
0: on Super Battle Droids, not so much. Jedi can slice through yes. them. Clones can be sliced through by them. Remember playing
1: yes. the Droidicas in uh, the original Battlefront 2, yeah. I think it oh, was? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were a ton of fun there. Because it was
0: so fun rolling around the battlefield and then un- uh, flipping down. Yeah, it,
1: out. it was like the perfect droid for flanking. Mm-hmm. If you were had like a an issue, you could just roll around the battlefield on the perimeter, and then... yeah,
2: you could just like roll up near a target point and just march in from the side with <laughs> yes. your shield up and just <laughs> annihilate. And they were slow when they were walking, but man, were they cool!
3: Yeah,
0: and they're just they're an enduring design, and they also have that weird thing in Star Wars that they have multiple names because you have the Droidica, you have the Destroyer Droid um but and their nickname the, the rollies model. the rollies, <laughs> the rollies. yeah i saw that clone clones slang clones rollies, right? oh, yeah. that seems like an ahsoka uh, line oh yeah. no rollies
2: well yeah. ahsoka's taking them on inter- was interesting too because essentially the clone wars movie they end up running into a few of them mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting because like ahsoka like they they come in they deploy and anakin tells her to start running Okay. Um. So I don't remember this. She's part. so like they run up, they deploy, and like they're yeah. shooting, and like Anakin and her deflecting their blaster bolts, and Anakin I think tells her to run, and Ahsoka's like, oh, now we're running away, and he's like, just do what I say, and like she starts running, and then he's like, <laughs> and they start like they shut back down, they start rolling after them. And then Anakin's like, Ahsoka, stop. And she's like, No, he's like, You were telling me to run. Now you're telling me to stop. And basically, like, Classic Sky Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Anakin, like, halts, and so does she. And they deploy their lightsabers. And while the droidicas are basically starting, like, the momentum has them rolling past them, they put out the lightsabers, and the droids basically roll right through them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, their only advantage was to get them back rolling. Yes. Um, yes. To take them out. That
1: makes sense. Okay. Uh you know, we never see any other paint jobs for the droidicas. They they stick in that not plain really. old dark brown.
2: Yeah. Moat, like the whole it's time. Very, very chitinous looking like brown. Like you'd expect more from like an insect.
0: Well, that's cause mm. the race that built them much like the rest of the bow Droids is insectoids. They're not products of the Geonosians, but they're a similar insectoid technologically advanced race. Yeah. And you can you can see, I mean, like a pill bug is kinda like their most obvious real world analog as far as like what they're kind of built around. They're more wheel-shaped than round, but still. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, cool. And, Anything uh, we missed? So one thing I just want to say is there is one last sort of appearance. This is one of the few comic book facts Mac knows, because he read those comics, is uh, Dr. Afra reprograms one during the Galactic Civil War. It turns into like a probability droid, um, which just kind of shows that, again, that war surplus from the Clone Wars still is showing up in places... Uh, all over the galactics of mm, war. Interesting, interesting. I have not read afra yet.
2: Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten there yet myself. I'm hoping to. I signed back up for Marvel Unlimited, so I'm uh, hoping yeah. to dive yeah, through Star you get Wars everything comics. Everything except the
1: last six months, right? Yeah. so it's a pretty darn good way now and, that we're five years into Star Wars comics. There's again. a lot to read there. There is, yeah. like. When they first came out, I was buying them digitally, and that was a fool's path I found. Yeah. So I was waiting, and I was buying comments. like the yearlies, the hardbacks. Mm-hmm. But they never put out Star Wars four, the fourth year of the trade
0: paperback yeah, you're asking for, right? No,
1: the hardcover, the twelve issue yearly that has. A,
0: oh yeah, but again, you're one of the, one of the collections. I mean, obviously, yes. the, the individual issues are out. But
1: yes, yes, yes. They they finished the run because they moved on. They started at number one again when for, they did the yeah, Empire yeah, for Star out. Wars, but they never put it out in hardcover. Never put out the full 12 issues of year
0: four, which I've been waiting, which I hope they give to you. But I'm going to say that it was supposed to come out last summer and it didn't come out this summer either. So we'll see. Um, I think Matthew can can follow with me, like, Well, yeah, welcome to comic books, man. If it didn't sell enough, they don't give you the nice copies apparently. So I'm gonna we'll figure it out from here. But anyway, but again, Jordikas are really cool, they're a very unique thing, and I think it's interesting that they're the only thing that we see from episode one that continues through. Through all the way till the end of the Cold wars because even the b1s get redesigned along yeah. the way like so jordica is a design that works at the beginning and works at the end yeah. <laughs> yeah i
2: mean it's it's something that didn't need an overall like they're effective at what they do
0: they got it right <laughs> the first time all right well uh you know one place they do show up is uh they show up defending some ships including the invisible hand in something like the battle of coruscant which i think it's where we will turn our attention to next Star Wars is for everyone. Every
1: day, we have the ability and opportunity to create a more accepting world by actively coming together and living inclusively.
0: Whether it's the galaxy far, far away or right here at home, there's always a chance to do even small things to include other people. Let them know that they're loved. Just regardless of the differences we have between us, what makes us in common is far more important. Yeah, Star Wars loves and accepts
1: all. And it's always been about that. And here we are in 2020, Star
0: Wars more inclusive than ever. I can't tell you how many different people from different walks of life, different ability levels, different races, creeds genders that were all together at star wars celebration to celebrate the things we love
1: sometimes it feels like you're fighting against the empire when you're trying to champion what's right but remember
0: it takes all of us to fight an empire so join us and everyone else in the galaxy and learn how you can come together at lovehasnolabels.com brought to you by the ad council point that is how we start episode three revenge of the sith and the war we see is we see the battle of coruscant now just to set the scene a little bit i'm going to kind of sum up what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about from basically the first moment of episode three where we see this gigantic titanic i think largest we've ever seen in star wars space battle around the you know the republic capital of coruscant as Hundreds of capital ships and all of their fighter escorts are battling it out. And we kind of come in and see that Obi-Wan and Anakin are in the middle of this fight and their whole goal is to get to the Invisible Hand, the ship that is Grievous's flagship where they believe Grievous has stolen the Chancellor and is holding him hostage. And we see them Weave and Duck and Bob and they're fighting vulture droids, the standard droid battle droid. You know, um, starfighters, we see tri-droids and they drop buzz droids, which are these little gremlins that are attacking their ships. And it's a harrying fight until they get into the Invisible Hand and they fight their way through to, well, a section where chancellor palpatine is being held hostage by count dooku this we're not going to really talk about this too much but there is a big fight with dooku where we kind of see anakin's fall begin and the palpatine is saved by them and they try their best to get off the ship but unfortunately they have to get captured and then grievous while gloating ends up fighting them which leads to them well continuing to wreck this ship as it eventually gets caught into the atmospheric drag of Coruscant and pulled out of the sky. Grievous escapes and they harrowingly try to pull this ship up and save it. And somehow they, they survive it and Palpatine thanks them. And the politicians and Senate say, great. You saved us from this great calamity. The battle of Coruscant is over. Now there's a lot to unpack in this thing. (laughs) There
1: really is. Now, This is a scene that I think when you open episode three and you see the Jedi starfighters flying in over the Star Destroyer and then uh, Coruscant and all that. It is one of the most visually pleasing still 15 years later. Yeah. Like the effects still look great. The entire thing is rad. Uh, It is a beautiful scene to watch unfold. But the reason we're talking about this is because it's a scene that I know
2: both of you really enjoy. Right. Right. It is for me personally it is my single favorite chunk of Star Wars. Wow. Like of anything.
1: I mean I can understand
2: it. it. It it does have a lot. It's got Obi-Wan
1: and Anakin. It's got some good R2 moments. It's got space battles. It's got Dooku.
2: It's got to me it's just it it encapsulate, encapsulates it has the starfighter battles. It has the Just seeing the gigantic war machines like Mm -hmm. hammering against each other. It's got a lot of the fun, kind of high adventure, almost swashbuckly moments. Yeah. That you get from Anakin and Obi-Wan. It also may be second, like on par with like the start of episode two during like the chase in Coruscant, of really getting to see Hayden Christensen and Ian McGregor as Obi-Wan and Anakin like really playing off each other in a way that's extremely satisfying yeah um the banter between them is fantastic the the r2 related antics are (laughs) wonderful (laughs) (laughs) and then it introduces my second favorite character in star wars which is grievous to film so
1: (laughs) (laughs) so it's understandable all right so let's start with the starfighters so we open up over the city well over the planet And we see, what is the type of Star Destroyer we see there, Mac? The type of ship So those
0: are uh, Venerator-class. Yes. So still, you know, obviously Republic-controlled here. They're the good guys right now. But we see that the uh, Acclimator-class dropships we had in Episode 2 have been kind of traded in for something a lot more traditional Star Destroyer-shaped, except it has, like, the twin um, bridges, and its hangar bay is situated in the middle under that, like, that strip that runs along the entire top side of it. Which we get a better even look at that at like when we're going to Utapau and stuff like that. Very
2: they, cool. they also kind of break up the triangular look of the future star fighters with yeah. kind of those little notches on the side.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which isn't totally different because there's a little bit of like, there's a little bit of uh, victory class star destroyer in there. Star, oh. The victory class star destroyers just kind of see them like kind of fill in those holes. Oh, that's and then, true. And then the Imperials just smooth it out to just a dagger shape. Hmm. And they're mostly fighting against uh, most of what we see is the banking clans uh, capital ships. their frigates and their are um, heavy dreadnoughts. Um, and there's just tons of them all kind of r- usually paired off, just blasting each other side by side with their main turbo laser batteries. And in between all of that is every manner of starfighter we have yet to see out of like Clone War stuff. We have the you know the next generation fighter of the clone uh, army which is the arc 170s which are very proto x-wing kind of things but they're much bulkier and have heavier blasters they're almost a little more bomber
2: they but also have uh like a pilot co-pilot set up
0: right right because they've got like a gunner or almost like a like an f-14 where you've got like sort of like a systems person and then you've got the pilot yeah and they're all going off against, uh, you know, as I mentioned, like the vulture droids, which are the, the, you know, the droid starfighters that you know we saw in Episode One. But now they're independent, just like the sh- original battle droids of the
2: B1s. Yeah, and they show a lot of character actually, oddly enough, like rattling off in like droid speak. Yeah. But you see them like on top of the ship at first, and like they look up and see the Jedi starfighters coming, and like jump up off of it and go into like their fighter formation
0: (laughs) you you can kind of just see that like the droids as the war has gone on have gotten more eccentric and more erratic like they're they have more personality and that's not necessarily a good thing but it's definitely kind of creepy because it makes them a little more alive yeah they're definitely machinery in episode one and by episode three they're they're cartoonish characters
2: sure. it yeah and there's there's little touches like that when like the one hands grievous the lightsaber there be one hands grievous the lightsaber later on and he like pulls them from the droid and the droid's just like you're welcome <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but this in this starfighter i think the coolest thing about this is this is by far the densest and largest scale starfighter battle we see the entire opening sequences of this is these tight little you know jedi interceptors just weaving and bobbing through all of this chaos which my favorite fun fact about this battle is of course you see them throw everything at each other including the kitchen sink there is a 3d modeled kitchen sink inside all the debris that's being blown up as two of the capital ships (laughs) explode Oh,
2: wonderful! I didn't actually know I about that.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's 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 a fun little like Easter egg. It's really hard to see in the current versions. Yeah, I think the original like theatrical. I I, I think it was easier to see on my third or fourth viewing, but it's in there. Okay,
1: jeez. Oh, so we uh, we get our we get our our two heroes here leading the attack. They've got Oddball and the rest of the clones behind them, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we get uh, through some vulture droids. We get a uh, bit of some uh, some missile action, right? What kind of missiles are those? Any ideas? Well, they're blue, so they're probably concussions to begin with. Because they're seeker. Like, they, they follow our characters, right? So they get four missiles, two per character. They overshoot them, according to Obi-Wan, but then they turn around and they're following them. And both of our characters have to avoid these missiles. Yeah,
2: yeah and this is actually really cool where you see, like... It's a great, there's so many great moments of banter between Obi-Wan and Anakin (laughs) through the entire sequence. (laughs) But, like, it's kind of great when, like, Obi-Wan's like, nothing too fancy, R4. And meanwhile, you see Anakin, who's like, all right, R2, like, you know, telling him to make other adjustments. And Anakin ends up spinning his starfighter, Mm -hmm. like, barrel rolling it in a way. Which causes the missiles to become confused and slowly get closer and closer to each other till they explode behind him.
0: Yeah. Yes. He kind of forces them to follow his turn until they hit each other. And what I love about it is Anakin is just so confident in that moment. He's just like, yep, yeah, we got him, all right. Like, yeah, and Obi-Wan's going like, oh, I hate flying. <laughs> <laughs> flying's
1: for droids. Flying's for right? droids. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then, and then you follow that up with, unfortunately, Obi-Wan ends up dodging the missiles, which... Would seem like a good thing, except for that these missiles burst open and are full of Buzz droids. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Land like, on a ship.
1: Yeah, it's like they it hits this this other thing, right? Like this other container, which c- puts Buzz droids in the air, which he almost right. like they flies into them. I think it's and just
2: they, the. I think the okay. missiles just pop. Like they're supposed to just be.
1: But do the missiles have the? I don't think the, I think the
2: missiles have them in it. It's tough to tell,
0: but I mean the, the whole point of the matter is I think it's implied that like these missiles can deploy these. But the only thing that's weird about that mm-hmm. is if that's the case, then why are they trying to chase Anakin's ship? Why don't they just overshoot it like they did with Obi Wan if that's always been the plan? So maybe it's like a secondary system or maybe, maybe or, or we'll maybe have to it, find out. Yeah, I don't know. I, okay. I think the point is it makes the fight more interesting, which is why it happens. Sure. So we get the Buzz <laughs> Droids only
1: on Obi Wan. Yeah. Yes. And he's basically telling Anakin, leave me, you know, out of luck.
0: Too bad. I'll figure it out. And you got to save the Chancellor. <laughs> Remember the mission. Let go of attachments. This will be a theme. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: And Anakin, of course, does not. Uh,
1: no. He tries a lot of things. He tries to shoot at Obi-Wan. Which doesn't doesn't go great. Does not go great.
0: Yeah, because you got these little droids that just kind of like open up and then they shake. Because they're like the uh, spitters from Jurassic Park. (laughs) And then they just start using drills and lasers and buzz saws to just start ripping the ship apart to the point that obi-wan's like hey seven, seven oh and just sees r7's head being popped open and just sparks flying out of it well
2: i i think you had a good like alternate name you thought they should have been called i think it's r4 gremlins Grim, yeah gremlins would have been perfect r4. for what they do yeah because yes. they just
0: come and dismantle yeah.
1: stuff <laughs> uh and they're cool they have like that kind of like greenish brainy look like greenish yellow like in the shell that surrounds them yeah it's kind of cool kind of a little bit of fun color in space we see them in the Clone Wars doesn't Anakin use the force to like push them off his fighter at some point too which is pretty cool we don't see that here uh, we also see Anakin try and ram his ship into Obi-Wan's <laughs> to destroy, which works. He gets a
2: couple. Well, he
0: tried to fire, and it blew off one of the, yeah, the, wings, the wings of Obi-Wan's ship. With, He's like, well, maybe i to
3: try that. <laughs> which
2: was, a, that's a great moment of banter, because Obi-Wan's just like, well, that worked out well, because he blew off the wings, <laughs> and Anakin's like, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a bad idea. And then he comes in from the side to, like, ram and crush them, but yeah. one of them actually gets onto his starfighter then. <laughs>
0: Right, which, which basically just comes up and he's going to try and do the same thing that happened to Obi-Wan's droid, but R2-D2 is not as helpless, and R2-D2 just fries the little thing. <laughs> yes, yes he does. you got to hit that center eye.
2: Yeah, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan tells R2 to hit the center eye, and Obi- <laughs> R2 just shocks the thing, and it just goes, like, in a wonderfully, like, it just kind of drifts off the side of the Starfighter. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah,
0: And at this point, like, Obi-Wan's like, all right, well, let's get into this hangar bay. Oh, Anakin, by the way, the shields aren't open. So Anakin just pulls this crazy, like, Immelman over him and just blasts the shield, and they both... Land, I'm doing finger quotes here, land inside the hangar bay, which is basically skidding, crash, opening their cockpits, and jumping out like freaking superheroes. (laughs) Well Obi-Wan does, but Anakin kinda like takes his time almost. (laughs) If you
2: notice. And, like, and don't forget, it's also followed by one of the worst things to say in the Star Wars universe, which is Obi-Wan saying, I've got a bad feeling about this yeah. before they crash in the... Yeah. <laughs> which you should never say. No, <laughs> so. but someone,
0: every, everyone, every single everyone, episode they have.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, once they're in the hangar, we get some fun moments, right? We get some uh, we get some dismantling of battle droids. And what I like about this is, it's not that the any Jedi has really struggled with a small amount of battle droids, but they're just so methodical and quick about like we've been doing this for years now. We're so used to destroy. Out. Yeah. yeah,
2: literally, like he's a, like Obi Wan pops out of his canopy and like goes into a roll and just starts taking battle droids out.
0: Yeah. And it, I mean, it even culminates. They go off to uh, save the Chancellor, leaving like uh, R2 to watch the ships. They get into an elevator and realize, oh, the elevator's full of battle droids. Like, oh. And they just ignite the lightsabers and just go chopping the crap out well, of them. Well, that's
2: after, yeah, they they like make their way to the hallway. They find the elevator they need. And two destroyers mm. um, actually roll up on them. Rollies. So they're like backing up, and they back up into this elevator that R2 opens for them. And suddenly they hear like hands up or whatever from behind them, mm-hmm. and it, there's like five battle droids in there with them, and they just very quickly pull their lightsabers out and just take them out. <laughs> it was like just like a momentary nod to each other, and then.
0: <laughs> now from here out, we kind of go through the personal story of saving the Chancellor and the death of Dooku and all of that. I think that I think that's a story for another time. But let's kind of pick so, up the
2: so i will say that just to talk about so the the fight with Stuku's definitely it's whole thing. one of the moments i love that's happening kind of coinciding with those is r2's been left in the hangar <laughs> mm-hmm. and they left him a communicator that he's holding in one arm and he's like controlling the elevator for them and right. these two b2 super battle droids come up and they're inspecting i think anakin's ship that's right and Obi-Wan starts radioing oh radioing uh radioing R2. <laughs> um and like the battle druids kinda of hear it and they're like, hey, what are that? And like R2 backs up behind like a crate and like <laughs> he's trying to like sticks... shove the cell phone yeah, into He his... sticks the comm into his chest pocket and you can hear it like muffled through it. And R2 literally has this moment where he's kind of like standing there like doo-doo <laughs> like <laughs>
0: And then he's got to take out battle droids himself, which he does with a good combination of using some like grease or oil that he spits out and then igniting that with his side. Yeah, like they, yeah. they like
2: pick him up and are holding him and he like sprays oil all over the one, which is it gets on the other and he uses his jump jets. And there's a great thing when he's flying off from them and you see like the insides of the droids popping <laughs> from like the heat. Yes. Um <laughs> It's also great then, because you get after that, where essentially they've hold, had this like whole drama with the elevator. like Anakin, when it wasn't moving, because R2 was trying to avoid the super battle droids, cut his way up through the ceiling of the elevator. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan was just trying to wait for R2, so then the elevator starts going down, because R2 activates it the wrong way. <laughs> and Obi Wan just sees it going down. And he's like, "No, no, no! We needed to go the other way." Meanwhile, Anakin has jumped off of it when it started to descend, and he's hanging <laughs> below one of the doors. Looks good. And it opens up, and two B one battle droids look down at him as he's using both hands to hang off this ledge, and just go hands up, Jedi. <laughs>
3: Which is just <laughs> so, fantastic.
2: So dumb. Yeah. Um, and then they <sighs> R two gets it to reverse and it comes flying back up
1: (laughs) and i love obi-wan in the elevator like hitting the ground (laughs) and then he goes
0: off like he's on the
1: pitfall and his his hair is like
2: disheveled
0: yes well it's just he's relatively calm about this and then the the elevator goes up and destroys the t1 battle droids as like anakin jumps back through the hole he created back into (laughs) it obi-wan lights up like oh it's you you it's like yeah don't 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 complain about, about R two. It's like, no,
1: oh, I
2: yeah. didn't say anything. Yeah, he's like, no loose wire jokes. And you <laughs> know like, I didn't say anything. And he's like he is trying that so he's like,
1: I didn't say anything. anything. Well there are so many moments in the prequel trilogy and Clone Wars and all this where Obi Wan is always kinda like, uh, droids. <laughs> Like he's a little, um, what would you call that? It's not, it's it's not racist, it's not machinist. What
0: what would you call that? It's it's, to be blunt, Obi Wan sells what we are constantly told, but never see in the Star Wars universe is, these are toasters. You don't care about your toasters. They're not even cars where we might name our cars or have affection for it. Droids are everywhere. So no one should feel much. You should feel about a droid the way you feel about your cell phones charging cable. Very necessary, but you have no attachment to it. (laughs) But it's funny because over the years we've, that I feel like that narrative oh, yeah. has
1: shifted between no, no, 77 and now. It has
0: never been shown. Just look at fandom and how much we love R2 and how much we love yeah. C3PO and how characters like, you know, Luke and, and yeah. all these people have all this affection around these characters. Yeah. It's something we've been told, but we've never seen. To me, yeah. I've always thought of it as, like, there are some
1: people who treat their pets like children. Yeah. And there are some people who treat their pets like wild animals that they've tamed. Right. Like, you know, if that makes sense, like a... Well, well, if the dog has cancer, it's dead. I'm not going to put five thousand dollars into it. Like, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like the
0: same thing of like it serves its purpose, right? And and that's where that's where Obi wan is, and I think that's important for his character in this movie because it sets him up for him to have basically forgotten about R two by the time R two shows back up in <laughs> Episode Four. And and we <laughs> that's a, definitely an argument for. But I mean, but, <laughs> but we're sort of sold on then the fact of like he doesn't care. Like droids he are droids. That's
1: very true. Okay.
2: So so from that then we get the um like the dooku fight and then they escape from that and then they have some more elevator antics (laughs) at that point the the invisible hand gets damaged enough that it ends up shifting sideways and starting to fall towards the planet and because it goes sideways they're then like trying to hang on to the elevator they get themselves up into the elevator tunnel which is now like horizontal to them yeah they're walking yeah. along because the there's still shaft. a
0: war happening yeah right <laughs> like, and because them. the ship's damaged and being pulled in the atmosphere the planet's gravity is starting to overwhelm whatever anti-gravity it has
2: yeah. um and it's great because at this point obi-wan's unconscious he's ha- like anakin's carrying him they end up the ship ends up writing so they end up going vertical in the tunnel again so they're sliding down it and Anakin grabs onto some wires, and Palpatine's holding onto Anakin's leg. And Obi-Wan wakes up at this moment after being unconscious. And he's just like, Oh, oh did <laughs> I like, miss okay. anything? And he grabs onto there, and he's like, Did I miss something? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> which leads
0: to the elevator coming back down at them. They use yeah. their basically grappling hooks to just narrowly escape. And once you feel that they finally are getting away from all this problem, they walk right into a ray shield. Those ray
2: shields will get you every time. <laughs> which which also then has one of my favorite yeah. exchanges, which is just the uh, Obi-Wan just looks around. and He's like, wait a minute. How did we fall for this? We're, we're smarter than this. So that line. Obviously what? not.
1: Is that? Like, that line seems really out of place to me. I've never really understood so like, is, is it Sidious clouding their
0: mind is it like what is happening there? oh I, I see
1: guess it. it's I'm just they've
0: screwed up and he doesn't want to admit it
3: <laughs> yeah I think it's literally okay.
2: just they didn't expect like they didn't see that trap coming and they should okay. have okay. and I just I just love the like wait a moment we're smarter than this and Anakin's just like apparently not <laughs> okay. now okay. remember it's that... a good
1: moment I just that's one I
0: feel like I've never well, truly understood also remember in the cut seat there's a lot of the sequence that got trimmed cut rearranged because they kept trying To tighten it to make it faster and more fluid, and so we know at least one hidden, you know, deleted scene, which is they kind of Grievous shows up and is like talking to him at this point. Like we're starting to see, like, oh, well, they're captured and they escape actually from this sequence at one point. So that line might be quite in a vacuum because it might have set them up to be more entrapped rather than what we see in the movie, which is they literally just walk into it. They walk up and then it's like. Oh,
1: man. Yeah, it,
2: it, <laughs> like they're just running down the middle hallway and it just deploys. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, R2 comes along to, you know, turn off the ray shields. But then unfortunately, a bunch of droids come. They get captured and they get taken to the bridge where Anakin meets Grievous for the first time. And we have a great little exchange about, ah, the negotiator, General Kenobi. Because yeah. even among Grievous, like even among the droids, Kenobi is known as like, well, I'm a Jedi first, not a general. Yeah. Right. I'm a peacekeeper. Yeah. And then Anakin, oh, you're shorter than I expected. Oh, I expected someone with your reputation to be older.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> right? good. Just taking
1: pot shots at each other.
2: Yeah, I think it's literally like, oh, what is it? And he's like, General Skywalker. He's like, I would have expected a person of your reputation to be older. Yeah, And Anakin's just like, General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. <laughs> and
1: shorter. that is a great because you're like, Anakin only said that because Grievous said it first. Exactly. It's like, just escalation. It's just like this teenager. I mean, he's like 20, like 22. An- but yeah, yeah, you get the point. Like this child. <laughs> I do enjoy. I it's do... just a very, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, your mom is so fat. Like, it's just a retard. <laughs> It's stupid. It's great. I I
2: do enjoy, too, like kind of rewinding back just a little bit when they are trapped. Like, you can see some of the gross in Anakin of like when they're trapped, and after they exchange that, Anakin's like, Well, I vote patience. Yeah. Like, when they're trying to figure out what to do, and he's like, R2 will come along any moment. He'll release the field. And you see R2 come flying (laughs) essentially into the wall, like hurriedly across. And then just droids fill the hallway, and there's also a great moment where, like, one of the super battle droids comes out, and it's, like, pointing its gun at R2, and R2 shocks it. And, then, and you see it, like, and it, shake its fist, and then get angry, yeah. and it kicks R2.
3: It's so good. It's so good.
0: <laughs> and so, we, we kind of yeah. actually discussed a little bit in the previous segment about Grievous. At this point, like... The, the, the battle opens up, they start fighting, Grievous like keeps throwing battle joints in front of him, the Magna Guards get defeated, Grievous is like, well, I'm screwed, and bursts through the window and yeah. gets out of there, shooting his grappling hook and magnetizing yeah. to the ship and, and re-entering it another and, place. And once
1: again, that all ha- happens because of the assistance of R2- Yes. Yes. Playing
0: all his worldlies all
1: at once and getting the lightsabers back.
2: It's like distraction mode when they're held, (laughs) and like right when Grievous let go of their lightsabers and had them in this cloak. Yeah. Like that's when Anakin's like R2, and R2 literally like unleashes all of the arms and mechanisms and just goes nuts.
0: Yeah. As Obi-Wan just yanks his lightsaber back into his hand. So, my
1: favorite part of this scene, because I I love Obi-Wan, I love Anakin. You know, I'm a fan of it too, not like you are with Grievous, but like my favorite part is this entire time is we have a Sith Lord just watching them from behind. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That is my favorite part about it. It's just, just like he's Playing just the there. captive. Yeah. I love it, love it, love it.
0: Yeah, they're, they're trying to find, like, we've killed Dooku. If we kill Grievous, the war is over. Not knowing that, no, <laughs> if the guy behind you is dead, the war super duper for real is over.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, there's also great little moments during the sequence, too, of, like, when Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting the Magna Guards, which is also the first time we see, like... First time, yeah. Droid... It's oh, the wait, first so, time we so, see the Magna Guards.
0: And they're the first, like, threat. Like, they have these staffs with these twin ends that have binder beams on them, so they can actually block lightsabers.
2: Yeah, it's actually... It's nice to have, like like, a reasonable, like, these droids are made to protect against Jedi, like... They're designed for that function, amongst other things. And it's also great because there's a moment where Aunt, or, uh, Obi-Wan cuts off the head of one of them. And it's great because he goes to start walking away. And the <laughs> Magna Guard recovers and starts spinning its staff again. And you just see this look on Obi-Wan's face. they just like, oh, when I do that, they usually stop.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you can see the Magna Guards have like, backup sensors like in their chests and stuff like that. Yeah. It's really good.
1: <sighs> okay, so we know Grievous escapes, right? We know that he uh, He shoots all the the pods. pods. Yep. So at this point, what is Anakin going to do? Well, Obi-Wan's like, well, uh, can you fly a ship like this?
0: And Anakin has that line of like, well, I think at this point, the ability to fly this thing is irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) And so they get on there and they they deploy all the drag. Flaps and drag fins. Extend all flaps and drag fins. Which causes enough strain in the ship that the back half
2: disappears. It just breaks right off. And one
1: (laughs) of
0: the best Obi-Wan lines...
2: Oh yeah, the uh, well, we're still flying half a ship. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, it's so good. And then to be honest, this is where this whole thing gets a lot better for me because my favorite character we get to start seeing. It's beautiful face as we fall as a through ship the atmosphere smashes into it. <laughs> Well, but it's interesting because this is a just a really beautiful day shot yeah. of Coruscant, which, other than some establishing of the Senate and stuff, we don't spend a whole lot of daytime out on Coruscant. Yeah, not no, yeah, yeah. not they, nearly they, as much as night. No, you're. Yeah, absolutely. they
2: really do do a lot of night scenes, even through the Clone Wars and stuff. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you basically, they come in, you have these firefighter ships come out that are like trying to spray down the ship.
0: I I think those things are so cool. Just this idea of this fire suppression stuff. And they just have these twin cannons hitting it with like, you know, the chemical fire extinguisher stuff which makes sense because this thing is is on fire <laughs> it, it caught so much atmospheric drag yes. it is just lit up it's just a hunk of metal that fell through space exactly. at this point like, yeah and and the
1: it's funny because it's so big even the half that they land yeah and those fire suppressor ships the stream of water that they're <laughs> shooting is so tidy in
0: comparison I just I love it yeah it's it. a ho- it's fighting a hotel fire with a squirt gun I love it love it love it
1: so uh,
2: much but yeah then they smash into the runway and basically you just get like this shot that pans into the bridge on the invisible hand and they're all sitting there in the seats and Obi-Wan's just like well another happy landing <laughs> so I good. love how this one well, George is just like anything we're just we're gonna
1: make up anything like it's gonna be funny it's gonna be fun because this movie's gonna get dark so we'll just give oh, Obi-Wan
0: yeah. all the one line. <laughs> we want it to be and it is and it's, and it's smart because again by the time we get to the end of this movie it is just heavy and depressing. Mm-hmm. There's no room for this kind of, uh, you know, lightness. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, they also
1: take out that tower, right? The table, oh, yeah. oh, they knock it right down. And, oh, we're,
0: we're, we're just talking about like, man, I hope that's just droid man or that like, Hey, you know, no one's up there right now, which is good. Cause anyone who's there is dead.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's, yeah, yeah. they super Ooh. destroy that.
0: <laughs> Not great. Uh, and they land (laughs) they land they survive the battle of coruscant is is pretty much over
2: and they've and they've rescued palpatine and then it follows up with technically that that's technically where the scene ends yeah Yeah. but then my favorite little bit the addendum to that is there's a part where you see him like they're dropping palpatine off at the senate (laughs) and uh and there's just this great exchange where, like, they're starting to get off the ship and Anakin it's gets so off the good. shuttle. And Obi-Wan is staring out at him and he's just like, he's like, well, you know, somebody, you know, needs to report to the the politicians or whatever. And Obi-Wan's like, well, I got to go back and report to the Jedi Council. And Obi-Wan in the, and Anakin in this wonderful, like, compliment fight basically you're like <laughs> like good. Anakin's just like well no I mean you deserve this helper <laughs> you're like oh, you, you deserve
0: this entire mission mastery
2: <laughs> yeah it was your plan and, and uh, Obi-Wan's just like well don't forget you're the one that you know rescued my starfighter and got us on board the ship and carried me while i was unconscious and defeated dooku and anakin's just like well all because of your training master (laughs) and obi-wan's just like he's like anakin come on this is your day you deserve the recognition (laughs) and anakin just looks back and he's like all right but you owe me one
0: (laughs) basically None of them want to talk to the politicians. All right. And I want to say, and my favorite line from maybe this entire sequence is, "Is the well, master, you owe me one." This is the tenth time I've saved your li- life. No, 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 nine. That business on name, Kevin audience doesn't count. Doesn't he count. This, he says doesn't twice. Like doesn't, doesn't count. And I, I love, love. He just has this great little hand wave of like, no, 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 no. That no, no. no that doesn't count. <laughs>
1: Did you guys read the Anakin and Obi-Wan four-issue miniseries run comics? No. Um, is that where that is? It, well, I don't <laughs> no. think. Not a, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's just fun because it's episode two, Anakin. Like, you know, like, oh, you, like it's okay. before episode oh. two, so it's younger Anakin, like it's just a fun little story with Yeah,
2: him. I've actually we're like Anakin thinking about leaving because he's having trouble controlling his temper and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. can't
1: be the Jedi that he wants to be type of thing. Not the Jedi he's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, well yeah, we get that later too, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's uh it's it's just it's so good. The relationship it's... between those two characters is so strong. It is, and in while we scene.
1: do see it in episode 2. Episode 2 is more about it's so like episode 1 is the relationship of Anakin losing his mother, losing his surrogate father, and feeling lost, right? Mm -hmm. Episode two is finding Padme and finding a home, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then episode three is essentially building this relationship with Obi-Wan better than the other two had, in my opinion. Like, truly, we see their relationship even more here. Because at this point, he's not a Padawan anymore. He's an equal. And as equals,
0: as Jedi... They this, have a different relationship. They've than left they did. that mentor relationship mm-hmm. and they've gone into brothers. Yes,
2: it's um I've I've talked to other people about it too, and it's one of the things of like seeing this and seeing how like the connection they have at this point as like no longer master apprentice as like friends and brothers, is what makes like the ending scene when he's looking down on the defeated Anakin like I can't help but tear up every time I watch that scene because like yeah. it hurts like you feel how much Obi Wan is like. Hurting at that moment that he had to have this fight and stuff. Oh
0: yeah, and and this entire sequence is basically just the little thumb on the chin, raising the head for the sucker punch because it 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 is not only like you said, reminding us of their relationship, but deepening it dramatically. And it's most of the time we have because pretty much after this they split from each other for a bunch of the movie. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a really really good sequence, and I again I also love it because of the space battle because while I was thinking, like, technically, Rise of Skywalker has more ships because there's a ridiculous amount of Star Destroyers. It's not, it's a one sided fight for most of it. It's nice to see this big, sprawling, like, multi level, multi tiered. Uh I think one of the things that the battle also does really good is give you three dimensionality to space battles that they really didn't have the ability to in previous Star Wars. Like, it is such a dense, big fight
2: yeah you really feel it's also because of the fact that it's it's two equal armies right on like equal footing fighting this battle so like you said you see all these ships that are tiered off like going one-on-one against each other firing basically on like broadside like old naval ships yeah Like, it's, it's insane. Like, seeing that for the first time in the theater with friends is just crazy. it's also
1: kind of the first time we see a battle above a planet. Yeah. Like, like, in such, like, right above the atmosphere. Because, like, you don't really see that effect other than, like, when the Death Star blows up.
0: No, because right, up to like, this point, we basically, what, what do we see? We saw, the closest we ever got was the ion cannon from Hoth shot a Star Destroyer, yeah. and they zip past it. That's not much to see. <laughs> That's fair, And yeah. And this, I mean, this whole sequence is what leads us to probably what I think most people consider the best choreographed Starfighter battle, which is the Battle Scarif. The Battle Scarif wouldn't exist the way it does if yeah. we hadn't already kind of established what capital ship battles look like in yeah. the Battle of Coruscant. Of course, yeah. they didn't have cool hammerhead ships, but still. <laughs>
1: true true oh boy i do like the
0: hammerhead but yeah just a freaking fantastic i can see matthew why it's like one of your favorite scenes and your favorite chunk of star wars because it's a really good chunk of star
2: wars it it is it kind of like i said it embodies like everything i personally love out of star wars
1: all right well uh feeling pretty good about all this guys nobody has anything else to say i think we're good i think i'm pretty much wrapped All right, let's move on to the end, huh? All right.
0: All right, here we go. This episode is coming in for another happy landing here of Star Wars All In. It's been a blast. We've covered, I think, one of our best groupings of topics. All these topics really flowed into each other. They kind of played off each other a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, they did. I, uh, I mean, it was fun, especially for me, because while I like all of these things and they're, you know, all things I enjoy about Star Wars, none of them are... At the top of my fandom list, so it was a ton of fun for me to hear you guys talk about it, too. Well,
0: especially to hear Matthew talk about it, because these topics were picked by him, because they are his favorite parts of Star Wars. <laughs> that's right,
1: that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a great time. Uh, there wasn't anything I forgot to add. Was there anything you thought about, Matthew, that you wanted to add in that we forgot about during the topics?
2: Um, no, honestly, I think we we covered most most of the detail i could think of getting out there
1: yeah we did go into some we got some really good detail today we got like and went into some specific dialogue like we we had some really specific uh issues yeah
0: it was awesome yeah and, and because of that, it's a little bit longer than usual but <laughs> that's, that's okay. all part of
1: the fun yeah, this
2: Which... this is this has really been a blast though so thank you guys for having me well, we
0: really <laughs> appreciate you coming over
1: and uh spending a late night with us yeah no it's 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 been a real blast so thank you and we'd love to have you on again uh, you just tell us what else you'd like to talk about, and I think I'll <laughs> just, speak for Mac. We'll have you back anytime. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. We
2: brought them back. Maybe after I get some of the uh, Bandai model kits built more. Yeah, uh, okay. check back we in with you guys on that model one.
0: episode. You know, we've never that's, done that. That's a part of the merch we haven't been talking about. And oh, we definitely can. Okay, we've not because got... I have model kits, I don't build them. Yeah, I have one in a <laughs> box somewhere. Too. I would say you build a lot of model kits. Is there anything you want to plug so people can find your work? Because you you build a lot of model kits. So
2: so I'm on. Um, the main thing would be instagram so you'll see um i'm gonna be posting pictures of probably the star wars kit soon but i build a lot of gundam model kits on there and i am on there as second tuesday and it's the number two nd and then underscore and then the number two again and then sday so it's like second abbreviated and then tuesday like T-S- yeah, your two T-A-Y. sounds are
0: the numerals with a little underscore between them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um and I'm I'm on there. I mean, I've got like a modest like like 600 followers or something on there. Um
0: how many do we have on our two
2: hundred twenty four? Hey, if you oh, want to so. put a
0: plug on your six hundred, that hey, we're over here to
1: Starbucks. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah,
2: I, I think I have, but yeah, I can definitely. I'll, 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 I'll do some cross promotion with Any, you.
1: Yes, anything we can, <laughs> anything we can do to help, I'm will <laughs> uh
2: I definitely, I mean, your your podcast has been great. Like I've really enjoyed what you guys have done oh, so far. We really appreciate so.
1: that. We're having a lot of fun making it, and honestly, my favorite episodes are just when we have other people here because i love hearing about other people's star wars fandom as well and i i think that's the well my favorite thing about this for sure (laughs) all right well uh i think we are ready to send this one home what do you think i think it's time well all right well Godspeed, mac let's do
0: it i'm mac i'm ross and until we see you next wednesday may
2: the force be with you
0: This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2020.